Welcome to Biggest Geekus. We are your hosts. I am Joe. And I'm Randy. This is episode 102, 102 of our Sweet. show, and the date is Tuesday, August 23rd, 2022. What's up? Not much, man. Just started uh, the, uh, started the, uh, what is it? The, um, the, the, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm blanking here. The, uh, what is it when they try to oh indoctrination time at work today so oh that was sweet diversity and inclusion training d-i-e yep it should be d yeah d-i-e that's not d-e-i like they want to say they got it wrong we had one more but i shall not say in case someone can identify the place that i work and then i would laugh because i make fun of them not the, not the person identifying my workplace, but it shall remain nameless, and that's all right. Well, um, we didn't here, dude. We got to go on. A lot of folks in. Welcome, everybody. Yeah, Some welcome everybody. Nice. I didn't get any gaming in over the past week. Did you? I did. I played Wednesday at uh, Greg's game, his five E variant, Wrath of the Righteous. I was. I thought he. I thought he was. Uh, I thought that was going away. I thought he. No, was he's doing, doing that. He's not able to play on the Thursday game that you're playing in this week. Ah. The ah. OSE game that I'm running, he can't play. But I brought my cleric, and we only had three people, and basically I dominated once again. I'm practically unstoppable. What is that? From Ryan, uh, would this be? Um, the same oh. Ryan over at Nerd Cognito, Ryan. Hello, just boosted you some sats on the last EP, Fountain Rocks. Must be, because I, uh, after appearing on his show, and at, on that episode, I, uh, well, my voice appeared, or whatever you would call that, emanated um, from his show. Uh, I um, recommended Fountain, because mm-hmm. it, it has some uh, Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin tied to it. It's called sats. If you know what Bitcoin is, you know what sats are. I'm not going to get into it. Yeah. Um, um, you Since you were on that show, I've been listening. And that's Ryan. I like your all show. I've added it to my rotation. Looks like Arm Man. Interesting. You got a game in. Second time running the AD&D game ever. That's only the second time, Arm Man. I figured, uh, I figured as seasoned as you are, you would run AD&D a lot more. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think he's in the second session. Um, that would be... Um, Oh, Ryan may not may be that guy. Who's that? May not be. It's the same. The, the other guy's name is Ryan as well. Well, there's um, Ryan and yeah. Right. That is Nerd Cognito. Hey, Shadow and Son, what's up? Him and Omenow, I think, are in and out. Omenow's got to go do some stuff, but yeah. So, I am not oh, sweet. Sweet. sure what number, though. Maybe he heard me recommend Fountain either here, maybe here or there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Because his name is Ryan and the host on Nerd Cognito's name is also Ryan. Oh, ah, okay. okay. Gotcha. Oh, our man did say it's his second time since 35 years ago. 
AD&D, rock on. Hey, phone guy. Phone guy, DVR. Hopefully, yeah. some more you guys. Oh, Silent Shoe Shoe is here as well. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Represent. Represent yeah. DVR. All right. Controlling. I don't know. Is that a DVR person too? Probably. If not, welcome anyway. They're professional trolls. Good. It's good to be professional. Yeah, right. so we played, and um, we ended up... Um, my cleric's temple in this city had been... We had gone into a... There had been an apocalyptic event to start. Uh, demons and dragons fighting. Cats and dogs living together. And we got knocked... Uh, we fell into a massive gap in the earth, which you think would kill first-level characters, but the dragon cast a feather fall. The silver dragon cast a feather fall as she went up and fought this demon lord. And we saw nothing but black... Woke up underneath, sort of in the underdark. We finally worked our way out, and the city was in rubble. My, we went to my temple, the Temple of Serenre. It was totally yeah. ruined. Uh, got sucked in by a succubus, sucker play. And um, No way. A succubus we, sucked. Uh, we kicked the – I literally criticaled on my guiding bolt, on my guiding bolt spell, which is uh. the second time I've done that in the, the mere three levels we've played, and it was awesome. 56 damage, domination. You did 56 damage. As a first-level character. Yeah. No, third-level character. Oh, third. Well. Which, there you go. That's the difference, see? And the succubus <laughs> kicked our... The succubus kicked our butt. Well, sure. But Although we did doing... stop her. She was charming the crap out of all of us, but then she ended up flying away. We didn't beat her, though. Well, we defeated. We did not kill her. She escaped. Of course, back in the old school days, a third-level party facing off a succubus, succubus would be dog meat. Oh, yeah. You... You would have just been succumbed to her charms without her really having to do anything, and she would have just led you all down into the nine hells. <laughs> right, but it was good. It was a good time. Uh, had to get back to school this week, so that wasn't exciting. You had to get back to work this week, but do what we got to do. Yep, yep. I did not play. I was busy as a beaver on uh, on the Emporium. Um, putting out fires, I got another one to, to deal with. It mm. is, um, it's still uh, a small concern, so there are issues I got to work out. I think uh, I really need to uh, move it over to a dedicated server mm. because um, we continue to have issues that I think are related to it being on a shared server. And one of those issues is I can't easily have the, these, this, um, uh, web professionals um, mm -hmm. who um, friends of a friend, friend of a friend um, said, hey, we'll help you out. We'll worry about money later. Uh, we'll talk about it, maybe get a little now and then worry about the rest later. And uh, I said, okay, well, let's see how this is going to work out. And then we had tried to get them logged in um, on an account where he can just mess with the code. Gotcha. And because it's a shared server, it's kind of impossible on this particular hosting service to do that um, easily. So, if we had a dedicated server, it would be not not it wouldn't be a thing. It would be no problem at all. Plus, we're uh, we're having some issues with large files. Some uh, and they're not large in the grand scheme of things, but for PDFs, some PDFs they are kind of big, and we're having some upload and download issues. And I think. That's also related to it being on a shared server. So gotcha. we will probably have to move over sooner than I would like. 
but okay. uh, but otherwise it's going really well um okay cool uh a lot of people are very supportive of people who have had issues um um what was that you just did look like you Some swiped it was floating in the air and i was trying to grab it so okay random cat hair oh. <laughs> i don't know how there's we'll, literally not a cat in this room. My floor is not covered in cat, cat hair, but I saw a little piece just floating. I was well, I was wondering if anybody would say anything because I went yeah. just randomly. <laughs> yeah. This is maybe not, some dement maybe some dementia setting in. Not too far away from that. Or you're or you're practicing your kata. Anyway, yeah, I'm getting a lot of support out there for folks. <laughs> um, jo <laughs> he wants to watch somebody else. Yeah. Shut up about the Emporium already. Get out of this Emporium, dude. Um, <laughs> all the folks, uh, practically all the folks who have had issues have all been, yeah, don't worry about it. I just want you guys to succeed. Uh, get me the file when you can, blah, 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 blah. So it's really been great. Yeah. Uh, one kind of not happy customer because yeah. it didn't do, the site didn't do precisely the thing that he wanted done. Not that I, I'm not sure that it's something it's common anywhere mm -hmm. but anyway enough about all that yeah. i believe that folks came here to get our take yes they did because on taking it the one system to rule them all and in the wokeness bind them one dnd one dnd whose initial marketing scam scheme <laughs> uh was not unlike uh fifth edition's initial where they it came up out as D, D next or was it D, yeah. D next or was yeah. it D next D, D next D, D next yeah and um i was like well that's not going to stay D, D next because that doesn't sound very good yeah we i think eventually we were all yeah they're just going to call it fifth edition yeah even though they had the same kind of language you know it's just going to stay D, D and it's never going to really change we'll make slight improvements and and blah 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 and, um for a few years there was hardly any activity outside of the three uh main books right for yeah, at early, least a couple of years on, yeah. <laughs> early on uh but once they i think once they uh you know opened the door to books they just started rolling out so it's it it, it really didn't there there are production paradigm really hasn't changed um i would say it's much slower than any edition i've seen in a while though to be fair i ignored four three was crazy three was a behemoth two was a behemoth one really didn't seem like a behemoth not to me first edition didn't i mean i couldn't get enough books oh right. was first no second edition had the Sec books but yeah. that's okay. The, the thing about 1D&D &D is, you know, and, and I, I haven't done all my due diligence fully. I listened to their initial um, their initial little YouTube thing with the crazy later, lady. I'm about a third of the way through Legion's 1D&D uh, &D review. Basic Expert has one I want to watch. Dungeon Masterpiece. I've listened to his. That's very interesting. He has a take on the problem with their VTT. I may get to that. Um, I just, I just think... <laughs> Ryan, I got enough. Ryan says I got enough systems. I don't play. I don't need another one. You know, mm -hmm. right? If they would just, uh, you know, they could have the as Nerd Cognito puts it, the Sparkle Troll version. You know, 
um, setting-wise, easily. You you could do the whole their whole you know coat of paint that they're giving the D and D the D twenty system. Yeah. Uh, its own thing. You don't need new rules for that. Well, and and I know they put out a few rules, and I watched. Oh, I watched. Uh, there's a guy named Bob the Builder. He's not my favorite guy, and I I've done some. Last week, watched Bob the Builder, and then I watched Dungeon Craft, um, Professor DM. But the only things that I saw that were interesting is they made some changes on the on the race. The orc is going to be a core race. That means if the play test goes through, which I don't think it's a play test. I really think it's something. I think it's just here's the rules. And what's weird? Uh, 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 yeah. I think. Okay, it could be that. They're going to show rules, take public comment, and pretty much not change a lot. A lot. It could be that. It also could be they're fishing. Right? That's what I was wondering at the last time. I mean, it's two year a two-year open play test, and they, they say, this is your game. You can influence it. They said that with 5th edition, too. So I'm not sure how much public comment was incorporated into 5th edition because I don't play it, so I don't really know, and I didn't really study it enough to really be able to make a comparison. So. Well, I mean, I, I don't know the rules that well, and it all sounds fine and dandy, I guess, if you're a 5e person. The rule changes may be fine. I don't know. Except crit, one thing monsters that's, can't crit. That's weird to me. I don't even know why you would do that. I mean, I mean I'm saying if you're a 5e fan, maybe it's okay, but uh, yeah, the monsters can't crit is stupid. Um, I think the humans can be medium or small. I mean... Max must love this because they're going all in on the everything homogeneity. You're a blah now. Okay. You're Humans can be small, right? In real life. Humans, there are uh, miniature versions of humans, right? Uh, the little people they like to call themselves to be called. And, um, but they're not, I mean, they like, we like to depict them in movies being capable and uh, in real life. For what we do in the real world, they're fine. Mm-hmm. It's fine as long as uh, sometimes there's health issues and whatnot. But in a fantasy game, you give uh, uh, a little guy a sword, mm-hmm. and he's okay against a kid, teen, uh, small teenager maybe, but a full-grown dude in armor, no. But now you can play a two and a half foot. What do they go by? A small person? I, I don't. I didn't know about oh. their but, name. You know, I heard about the small part. Yeah, um, Armin makes a good point. He says there only only there will be only player character classes, no monsters. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Um, oh wow, Legion says even the five E shields are pissed off. I wonder why that is. Yeah, yeah, because of the half race thing. So oh, you can right. take you can take you can basically select two races, and one give you one bit of stuff, and the other give you another bit of stuff, and that's problematic it's probably has to do with whiteness and uh <laughs> colonialism and uh, uh white supremacy so we can't have that i think it's stupid but more hawkman i don't disagree there are tribes in malaysia whose average height is less than five feet fair sure. enough but i don't i just but, but, but you can do the same thing with a half thing. half thing can be medium size <laughs> it's dumb yeah so when they say small, they mean like two to three feet tall? Two to four, two to four feet tall. She could be a two yeah. and a half foot half. I mean, I guess you can, but whatever. Uh, I don't know, dude. Mar says, grown adults in that tribe, they're short, but not, well, maybe not weak, yeah, but 
do. Okay. Yeah. It depends on what you're talking about. So uh, five foot tall, Mm -hmm. three foot tall. Big difference. Big difference. So if we're talking five foot, like four and a half to five foot tall, fine. Uh, But if we're talking two to three feet tall, nah. Well, Norris Malky says there's no seven foot tall. There are no seven foot tall dwarves now, so that's a good thing. I don't know. There's no or there's going to be. I think there might going to be. I don't know all the deals on that. Long story short, I mean, it was an arrogant statement. They come off as arrogant. This sounds like a 4E pitch. 4E was a big was a big blast. Um, I think that uh, not only that, that first, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they sneak up on you in uh, droves and all have like their, um, I don't know, this might be uh, a um, stereotype, but they have their um, little blow guns with poison needles. Yeah, that's one thing. Wow. Okay. But in the end, do what you want. Uh, they think they're going to have the one D&E to rule them all, and I think they might. Now, the real question is, will the real, will the, will this keep the, this will probably gather, this sounds like a good move to gather the um, fringe fans, your crit role people, critical role people, and your kind of, I want to buy coffee mugs people. Um I wonder if it'll be a real gamer keeper. I mean, if their VTG is as cool as it looks, that might keep regular gamers too. Dude, lots of people who play games are lemmings. Mm-hmm. As long as it says Dungeons and Dragons on it, they'll buy it. They'll play it. Right. And they'll and they'll give all they'll give all the allowances because you know they just want most people just want to play. Right. There's just a few of us that have um, a real. Um, Visceral, visceral reaction to things like this. Many gamers don't. Mm-hmm. You know how we were back in uh, the nineties. Yeah. Third edition. Okay, let's play or mm-hmm. whatever year it was. Yeah. Um, um, and when fourth edition was rolling around, we were considering it, but that's when we started being a little discerning, more discerning. Yes. And listening to what they were saying, and we we're like, I don't know if I like this. But we were getting that at the end of third edition as well. We were kind of, we were getting tired of the, the churn, the book churn, yeah. um, the throwing spaghetti at the wall kind of um, uh, mentality they had at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think, I don't know. I don't know what. Go ahead. Owen Al said this earlier, Joe. I'm interested to know your opinion. He had some comments. It will shatter the base. He's expecting a split. And then Cigar DM follows up with this statement. Um, the shop he works at is it's saying no to the playtesting. That's interesting to me, but both of them. Will this be more of a schism like 4th edition, or will it be more of a split? Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, it's smooth like, you know, 3 to 3, 5, which... I know it wasn't totally smooth, but it kind of was. This could be more akin to the fourth edition schism, because that was a real one. Mm-hmm. That one nearly tanked the D and D brand. Um, yeah. I don't know all the things that happened behind the scenes during fourth edition and just after its heyday that kind of re- uh, that knocked Pathfinder back down out of the top spot that it had. Scalazar Mar, he is a new friend of mine on Facebook. I, he resembles that little people remark. That's all right, though, dude. Happy anniversary, though, if I remember correctly. I believe he's had an anniversary recently. But uh, he's made some cool comments in the OSR group. Anyway, uh, yeah. Yeah. I have that to- was Randy's least favorite. Oh, oh, Baron. That's some poop. Book of Nine Swords, nine worst swords? book of 3.5, oh. according to Baron G-Rock. 
And that was the book of nearly fourth edition. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, violence, look what he's saying. Violence solves everything. Welcome. It will depend on if there is something like Paizo showing up to keep old 5e. That's interesting if that will happen. I don't know about that. Well, if mm-hmm. if we had some savvy people, I mean, we have, okay, so I made a comment on Twitter. Oh, by the way, Biggest Geekus got banned from Twitter. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, over the weekend, I think it was Sunday, when I saw it, Saturday night or Sunday sometime, I can't remember exactly. I, I um, The Biggest Geekus uh, branded uh, Twitter account uh, got uh got uh, banned because on Eric July's one of Eric July's uh, Twitter threads somebody said something retarded and I you know commented about that retardation and I used the word tard <laughs> um, and got kicked off of Twitter well they said I could delete the tweet and the 12 hour clock would start so instead <laughs> I made a new Twitter account for Big Geek Emporium and said, screw that. I'm not going to delete, uh, delete a, a mild a mild comment is what I've been calling it. They don't know my boy Joe here. He doesn't he doesn't he doesn't respond well to to commands. Yeah. <laughs> I do what I want. Yes. Screw you. And so far the Big Geek Emporium Twitter account is up to sixty-three um, followers since Sunday. It's not a lot, but it's possible that the little over five hundred that the biggest geekest account Maybe some of that. I got. Uh, we got a big boost when uh, Elon Musk was supposed to buy Twitter, and right. something happened, and a lot of Twitter accounts kind of blew up a little bit. Uh, ours got about a hundred subs, so maybe some of that was uh, bots and stuff. Who knows? A couple of people here, many good comment. I wanted to find the one. I wonder if this is going to be true. Arn Man says. Um, only people with nice computers can play the neat, all-inclusive D&D. Do they want it to be completely online? Online? Do they want you to do all? Yeah, they have the big digital thing going on, and I mean, yeah. How how uh, computer intensive is this um, this tech side of the of the game going to be? Uh, the graphics that they showed were okay. Um, I'm not sure. It might be uh, that you need a decent computer. And if yeah. that's the case, um, you know, maybe they're trying to drive the computer market a little bit. But you know, but, a lot of guys, you know the the chip the chip uh, shortage right now is going to put a hamper on that. I know yeah. it's two years down the road, so maybe the chip shortage will have been um, alleviated by then. Who knows? You know, it's it's funny. Um, as much as I I find this annoying, this is not. Oh, <laughs> Charles, Charles, do quit. it. No, you do it. Charles Bartholomew Mortimer Norris III says, I have a half-orc paladin named Retard, R-A hyphen Tard, for those who are listening. And then he follows that up with saying, he's pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, here's Thanks one. I've heard that. folks talk about this. Welcome back, Flady One. It'll make it easier to ban people once it all goes digital. That's been some. Now that's kind of a. That's a little bit of a. I'm not saying you're this, but that's a little bit of a conspiracy theory, which we all know is mostly just true. Um, <laughs> these days, but um, they may. Uh, they may do that. You don't use the correct pronouns. You're banned. 
Powderpuff Nerd says, I have a half-orc fighter named Lavender. <laughs> she likes to feel pretty and will smash you if you hurt her feelings. I can confirm that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, everybody's talking. They think you're into a good computer. Oh, yeah. Matt Barniger. He's right. You have to have a good yeah, computer. Yeah, I didn't see any specs. If they, I, don't, did, I didn't know if they had any specs, but I saw the video. They said they're keeping the models small on screen so it'll still seem like a tabletop. Why don't this you just a, encourage tabletop? Yeah. This is the thing Patrick Demo says. I'm pretty sure they're just using this as the, their D&D social media, further cementing their thinly veiled plan to make D&D a lifestyle brand. Yeah, I don't think it's that veiled anymore. And 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 I've been I have called D&D years ago a lifestyle hobby. Um I think it is for me. It's, it's part of what I do. Uh, it's my it's a big part of my lifestyle, but I'm not interested in having all the doodads just for doodads' sakes. I do like my, I know I talked about my little, uh, you know, hand of Vecna, <laughs> but I don't want like a coffee cup all the time and this and that, but it's okay. I, I, I think I'm out already, even though I played 5e and will play 5e, I, I'm out. What's this coffee cup, cup reference you're talking about? Oh, just the, the D&D lifestyle and have a t-shirt and talk about, oh, clerics heal better or some cool little pithy saying and they, they want a lifestyle brand. So D&D is more than just a a game. It's, oh, it's kitsch. There you go. Patrick says um, it was apparent since the D and kitsch explosion since a few years back. And it's not like they didn't do it before, though. During second edition, they had the whole, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, ah. Yarn. What do you do when you, you what's it called when you use yarn and you make stuff? Do stuff with yarn. Yeah, there's a, a name for knitting. Knitting, yeah, knitting yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll see. <laughs> I, Baron G Rock says I have a female ranger named Lamalakes. I don't get it. Yeah. Lamalakes. Is that some sort? I don't. It's a yeah. maybe Landalakes. Sorry. Our man, ironic that they want total inclusion, but too bad for poor kids without the good computer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's that. Well, they say inclusion, but they don't really mean it. Thank when you, any one pro Crochet. There's the other one. Yeah. Um, crochet. Um, they only mean inclusion from the point of view of either a group that they are concerned about that they don't belong to. Right. Or they are talking about themselves. They don't really mean everybody. No. It's always, it's always, we're inclusive. We're, oh, we're totally inclusive. I'm a straight white dude, not you. you. You go to the back, maybe leave the building. So they don't really mean everybody. Yeah. You know, when we talk about equal, some people are more equal than others to them. Maybe this, Charles Bartholomew Mortimer Norris, submission, not tolerance. Uh, agreed. Yeah, yeah. So the good the good thing is, none of our physical books or PDFs that are not connected to their system, uh, even current systems like uh, what's the DMs Guild? Uh, yes. They they still function just fine. Uh, our dice work, our mouths move. So the, all the things that we need to enjoy our hobby will not be hampered by this uh, development. We all knew it was coming, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, 
didn't know precisely when, but I know me and uh, Randy and I have been what we've been kind of musing. When are they going to go with the new version? Because one, uh, it's about the right amount of years, and two, they're kind of flailing right now, creatively. And uh, oh yeah, it's pretty apparent. I, I mean, to us, to um, we're outsiders. I think um, folks that they are flailing to the demographic they're kind of creating uh, to, they probably don't look at it that way. But I, I think uh, a lot of us think this uh, this way. I call it flailing. Yeah. You know, they're just they're just you know trying different things, throwing stuff and, and see what sticks. And it's not very good. Yeah. Scalazar, Scalazar Moore says, I can see the biggest geek is Twitter feed. Oh. Yeah, it's not taken down. Oh. I just can't do anything. I cannot post. So maybe ban isn't the right word. I just cannot post. I We've can uh, I can I think I can direct I can I think I can DM people. Weird Gap 564 says until they bring back Larry Elmore bikini, battle bikini babes, D&D is dead to me. <laughs> I, I think you can get guys. plenty of that on the internet. I remember Gen Con, dude. Larry Elmore back in the day, he always had a booth, babe. Yeah, always. Yes, Flady. One. Flady one. So this is the weekly time slot for this show? Yes. yes um, just want to make sure I can keep I keep the time slot open. Thank you. Thank yeah, you very much. That's do. very that's, awesome. that's that's very flattering. Great group tonight, man. Lady flattering. Yes, we're almost at thirty. That's almost that's like ten more than our average. That's awesome. I think violence has some good suggestion. Violence solves everything. Joe, your account is frozen until you bend the knee, which yes. means it's going to stay frozen. Yeah, I don't bend the knee. No. All right. Cool. Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm I got to watch more. I may comment more later, but I think it just looks like oh. Weird guy. We start at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard, Joe, right? Eastern. Yeah, I just say Eastern because Eastern. it, it yeah. flips back and forth. Um, is there a way that we can advertise our start time better for you guys that you know yeah. of better than I do about YouTube? Because I do uh, usually the day before, like, um, I think I did it this morning, though. I do, yeah, you do, I do Facebook. You did this morning. I think, I don't know if they have an idea. Um, but if there is something I can put up on our YouTube space that um, they're probably, it's probably obvious and I'm not thinking of it, where I can just uh, put 7.30 Eastern Tuesday, every Tuesday, something like that. And as soon as I can get to that, I will do that. That way you can just go to our, it'll just be there. So, yeah. sorry for being an old dude and not thinking about that. You know, I am <laughs> I'm feeling slow today. You're feeling slow? Yeah, I mean, physically, I feel like I'm slow. Like slow a little tired? Yeah. I'll get take a deep breath and take take a deep breath and quit it. Yeah. Um, quit being slow. Uh, <laughs> Scalazar Moore says failing, flailing is a kind word. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe I'm too kind. Maybe I should be more spicy. Is this spicy yeah. enough for people? Should, should, be, should we be using colorful language? That's that's not me. I know what but, we should do to spice it up. Why don't we tell them to do something really cool, like hit the likes. Phone guy warned us. Hit the oh, likes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Subscribes, dude. Let me get over to that space. Joe's about to show some sweetness. Yeah. You know it. Likes, like, subscribe, share, <gasps> comment, 
uh, tell your friends, um, gather, the, uh, make sure that you go to their house, uh, tie them to a chair next to their computer, and, and, and open their computer up to our uh, <laughs> show, Yep, and then make them watch it. All they have to do is watch it just a couple of minutes. Our presence and charisma will uh, do the rest. Then you can just untie them and, and leave yeah. them. Powderpuff Nerd, don't forget to smash that like button like it was a mimic who ate your halfling thief. Truth. I like I like to say jihad. Mm-hmm. Jihad the like button. Yeah. But yes, like it was a halfling thief. Cool. Yes, do all those things. Like and subscribe. Tell your friends. Cool. So yeah, 1 D&D is going to be complete. I think it's just going to be more garbagey, 5e mixture, dumb crap. Not interested. And they're trying to make it all. I, mean, I think their dream is to make it pay to play and buy all the little doodads on your character. And, and they've already said that's what you can do. Buy new skins. How cool. <laughs> yeah, that's really, it's really lame, actually. And then calling it it's your game. Well, <laughs> do I have to buy it? Then it's not, it's not my game until I buy it. And then I can do whatever I want to with yeah. it. Yeah. And you can make a statement uh, that, well, you buy them every time you get a new edition. Yeah, but once I buy it, it's mine. It's literally mine. See you later, Cigar. Amazon Pathfinder game. Yes. Okay, cool. Get to it, dude. All right. Yeah, so I, um, I really don't know. I really don't like that whole it's it's your game thing. Why? Kind of, that's what they said in the um, in their marketing video. Right. Oh, you don't it's like your it. Your game. Yeah. And uh, clearly, it's not because it has Hasbro's uh, um, Hasbro's name on it and Wizards of the Coast name on it. Yeah. So it's not it's not the fans' game. They're EA Sports say that? I think EA Sports said that. Patrick's saying, congratulations, Watsy. You are now EA. Is that some? Is that in regards to that statement? It's your game? I think it is. Maybe. Maybe. I just, uh, I think it's kind of, I don't know, commie. I don't know. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I'm being a little sensitive. Well, but the one, it, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. And, and I, the guy, Dungeon Masterpiece, I would encourage everybody to listen to Dungeon Masterpiece. I wish I put the link in there. Joe probably could. It's a YouTube channel. He's got a good one where he, he takes the he takes the tact. I don't think he's against 5e. In fact, I think he likes it. It's not his favorite, but he likes it. It's kind of like me. Um, yes, Patrick. It's not your game if they take control of your creations. Yes, indeed. His so. claim from his, from his video, and I don't want to talk too much into it, but you should watch it. He claims that he thinks it's going to change the hobby, uh, the way people, being the king of games, that video stuff, that component, that sweet VTT could put a real damper on uh, other companies. Um, if a player grows up 10-year-old to 15, plays the sweet VTT action, and basically, it's a video game. How do you get away from that? When he goes, someone says, hey, you want to play Rifts from Palladium? Uh, where's the sweet uh, uh, online component? Where's my character uh, skins? Where's this? Where's that? Um, I guess, but I mean, the younger generations, younger than me, even just one generation is more comfortable with online play and video games. And I think they still like, we got friends in our group that are 
a generation or two behind us, and they still like to play face to face. We got a real young dude, a couple young guys that are under twenty one. So they know how to. They like to play regular tabletop. Right. Um, so yeah, Darth uh, puts up here. Darth Thick puts up here. They have to move to the micro trans transaction model, um, which is that is exactly what this seems like. Yeah. Uh, they have not made anything actually worth buying in a few years now. Yeah, Other than that's an issue. Yeah, because they have shareholders, right? Is uh, is uh, well, Wizards of the Coast, I think, is publicly traded, or Hasbro is for sure. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, Wizards yeah, well, is Wizards is part of their deal. So whether they're publicly traded or not, I would think Hasbro well, could do right. Something. So either indirectly or directly, they have to appeal to some set of shareholders. Scalazar, I'm not sure of this. Scalazar more asks, will there be a subscription model that provides updates and adventures? There will be adventures and where you can purchase all the cool components and splash down your Temple of Elemental Evil, apparently be able to move little modules out. This is something they talked about, Joe, back at the beginning of 3rd edition and Neverwinter Nights. They it, wanted electronic stuff like this for the longest. For a long time. But I think it's going to be very... Uh, yeah, uh, Armin says... Uh, at Scalazar, the update will require you to replay the dungeon, prior dungeon level. Hmm. You huh. It's possible. I mean, uh, it being an electronic thing, if your gameplay is tied to the screen, it, all bets are off. It's you know what? Um, how much will uh, Aaron Wilkerson? How much will this hurt the local game stores? A bunch. It may. I think it, may. It, I think may. it will. I mean, I mean that's you only sell. Hmm. Go ahead. I don't know. It seems like to me, they said they're going to have physical books, but if you buy it from Watsy, if you buy it from Watsy, you get the extra online widget stuff too in a cheaper package. That's their plan. So they're going to undercut everybody. I mean, they are. And so, or at least that's the premise. So I, it sounds like to me, it's going to be a kick in the nuts to the local game store. I think it is. You could, you could. It's going to be cheaper to buy from them, I think. Well, the thing is, though, any kind of innovation, whether this is qualifies as an innovation or or not, uh, any kind of innovation in the tech space has the um, uh, um, possibility of removing something in the in meat space in the real world. So, um, any kind of electronic version, anything that we do uh, gaming wise that becomes predominantly electronic. Even the proliferation of game PDFs, right? Mm -hmm. You could say that undercuts local game yeah. stores too because there's no book sales there. And a lot, if everybody starts just playing, buying PDFs and playing with their PDFs instead of buying books, what's gonna to happen to the local game store who doesn't carry that stuff? This is a little yeah. more severe than that though. Because yeah, yeah, them. can be, sure. Well, because you can buy the physical books. Here's what they're saying. You can buy the physical books, and at least maybe I'm hearing, maybe Professor Danger Master said this, because if they offer a package deal, a bundle, they're talking about bundles, I think, already. You get the physical books. You get the online stuff, all that crap at once. Why would you go to the, why would you go to the hobby store and buy just the physical books? I mean, you can get all the extra crap, too. Yeah, if that's what you want. It all depends on what kind of um, deal they give the, the hobby store. So if it's yeah. the same price. When we know Watsy, yeah. 
they like that part. Yeah, they're they're not great at, at stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you know, at the Emporium, I had somebody contact me um, this morning, last night, with a, some kind of take on this. They were trying to see if we had a licensing deal for retail stores. Oh, okay. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what what precisely can I do uh, in that regard? Because none of these IPs that are coming through the Emporium belong to the Emporium. We're more of a clearinghouse for them. And none of it belongs to us. Right? Scalazar makes a good point. He is talking to someone else, DM Kurt, who concurred with me. They already sell through Amazon at prices lower than the, the FLGS would. That's the, true. The, lo- the local gaming stores have to offer more than just books. And yeah. A lot of them do. They, they offer play space and uh, other stuff that you know that you can buy there. Maybe they provide. They have have uh, food and snacks you can buy there. So while you're gaming, so for folks who. Um, are more comfortable or for some reason can get more play at the game store. That's the thing that they're, they're going to have to be innovative about. So will stores have to have computers because Aaron Wilkerson says this uh, with the digital maps models, the FLGS store won't be able to sell as many of those either. Every store I know that has a wall of D and D minis. And what if you're someone like Joe, I don't want to clutter of stuff in my house. So I'm not buying maps and minis and stuff. And no, we don't, you don't have to Joe. You can buy it online. You can get all this stuff that's never going to clutter up anything. Now, granted, whenever we upgrade, if you don't upgrade, you're going to lose access to all of it. But that's okay. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's not a – I hope it does not create a paradigm shift um, I think it uh, in gaming as a whole. Because, uh, because really, like what I was saying earlier is still true. All of your books work. Um, oh. I don't think – Printed books outside of Wizards of the Coast are going away. I, so, um, lots of people play games other than D and D. I'm I'm more of the opinion since you brought up Fourth Edition that this yeah. could end up being a schism like that. And if that is what happens, that's probably then good, actually. It's a good. It would be a good thing. So, it would shrink the D and D base to those who want to participate in in. Uh, dungeons and uh, coffee mugs you know if you want to play a, um, your D&D character is a barista at a coffee store and that's the kind of play that D&D supports because monsters don't crit and all this other stuff who knows I, I think uh, that is probably our best bet but with, I guess because D&D kind of drives the hobby that's in what some I'm, way that's what... still which is unfortunate that it does I think there's uh, no sorry. And because it because it does, and this is kind of undeniable. It's too it's too big of a has too big of a brand recognition, too big of a user base, and that many users in the hobby follow that around, it drives the hobby to some degree. And we can be holdouts and, and outliers and do our own thing, and that's what we should do. Which we become, but the, and the thing is interesting though the guy and, and Dungeon Masterpiece, Professor DM, and a lot of the others I think, like even even Legion statement here he says your cleric's only good until level four to gain access to level five through nine you need to purchase those levels for four ninety nine, and Patrick makes the comment demo correction you can lose access to all your shit on a whim get banned lose all your D and D stuff we these are people prognosticating looking into the you know 
no pun intended, crystal ball, who are pretty smart, smart folks. And, and we're seeing, holy crap, this this could be a thing. This could happen. Right. So well, I think I'm with Clay. I got banned. We got oh, banned on Twitter. You got banned on Twitter, yep. So the same kind of thing could happen. What if somebody says tarred during a game session yep. and, and your computer detects it and says, oh, we're going to shut this game down. But, you know, hey, guys, the good news is this. I mean, I, I like D&D 5, 5e. I'll play it. I don't think it's it's good enough. It's not my preferred game, but I have it on my shelf and I'll play it. But in this, I mean, this I'm not going to do. And so what? I'm, I'm off the I'm off the Paizo wagon. I'm off the Watsi wagon. You know, whatever. Do what you want. In the end, they're not. And this computer push electronic thing is really not marketing to me. And you, you and I both know it. Joe talks about it all the time. I'm really just a pretty face on here. So. <laughs> yeah, I say that all the time. I uh, know you do. I say, I say that all the time. Well, you just say that I've, yeah, I got no tech savvy, and I don't. I mean, I can save a file, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, there, there were, I think this was, if anything, this is, since we don't really play fifth edition, we're kind of outside of Wizards' um, target demo, we can just point and laugh and say what is this nonsense that they're doing and we can, we're going to seem like luddites on some level but everybody who's following them you know following the wizards of the coast and saying yeah we'll just play whatever they have that's lemmings to us yeah um i agree with you darth um, one must always look at the worst before making the choice. Just looking at the good side will lie, will lie to you. But I think every, everyone on here, and you have varying, you know, people are varying faithful of 5e, like it or not. I think a lot of several folks think the core of it's good, and then a lot hate it. Um, and but the thing is, we all love D&D here. And so even though we can laugh at it, a part of me and Flady One said it a while back, it does hurt a little bit. I mean, I hate to see. I'm sorry. I know it's not really the game that I love. I get it. But the game that I love, Dungeons and Dragons, gosh, I just, I hate it. I hate it pulling away from me, which is, it right. left me a while ago, to be honest. So, so the, I think the, if you can do it, you just say, well, that's not really D&D. It has the, it has a, it has the, it has a nameplate on it, but I could easily steal somebody's nameplate and it's not my name and stick it on there and say, this is me. And, that's how I look at the game now. Yeah. That's not really D and D. We played. We played D and D. Yes. Right. This isn't that. This is something else. This new one D and D is going to be even one more step farther away. Yeah. And you, you don't have to play D and D. No. D and D isn't the only game. Right. But um, it's just see. Yeah. It's a little sad that that um, it's going down this route. Still. It's still. After all this time. I think Legion of Myths got a comment here. I'm not sure I follow this. The five phases of group dynamics, the last phase, journeying, is relative is relevant here. Yeah, I'm actually might have to go into an explanation of that. I don't know, Joe might know what that is. The yeah, group, I don't I don't group dynamics, are you talking about people who like D D being the group? I don't know. That's interesting. Max may have Well, a, right. So I think what he's Legion talking about is what when people get together and form a group certain dynamics form over time, mm-hmm. and, uh, I think is what he's saying. And this, and it goes in phases. And this phase, uh, the last phase, according to him, is journeying. Perhaps we're leaving. 
That could be it. Right. Right. But you know, Patrick kind of says it in a way that I that I feel. Uh, still, my first it was my first RPG, being D and D, my first hobby I ever I really threw myself into. It's been my lifelong hobby. It still hurts seeing it go like this. Yeah, I have to admit it still does. It's not free, and I'm not like oh, I'll see you later. And you're right, we got we got Mud Sword on the horizon. Joe's got Big Geek Emporium. Biggest Geekus is rolling along. Really happy doing stuff. We're playing games. I'm playing every week. Joe is playing every other week, to my knowledge. Everybody else in my group's playing. We got Cabin Con. We're hopefully going to have a convention. We got it all going. It's, it's great. Um, but it is a shame that probably the Dungeons and Dragons itself is never, not the newest one, is not going to be there. But that's okay, I guess. Uh, Legion of Myth explains the journeying phase is when you act out against each other to make the upcoming separation easier to handle. Oh, okay. So we're like, fighting the rest of the people in the hobby that we disagree with because we're about to split from them. Yeah. A journey? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it could be a journey and not journeying. Anyway, I mm-hmm. think what he's talking about is, in essence, that this a separation, groups don't stay together all the time forever. Right. So um, on the eve of the inevitable, yeah. they act out. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know, what the, I don't know I if know. that's what this is. Yeah. I think uh, we're just, I think it's possible. I don't know. <laughs> it's weird that I have this kind of sappy, well, sappy is a word where I have used feeling of missing this game that I love, which I don't miss it. I got 40,000. Yeah. It. But let's say I do. I still have it. It's there. It's my feelings, Joe. And you need to, you need to, what's the word? Not confirm it. What do they, what do they say? Not verify. What's the word they're using all the time? Acknowledge my feelings. Anyway, but the point is, <laughs> even though that's the case, on the same side, I look and go, nah, screw it. We we got, we got better. We played better games anyway. <laughs> yeah. So you look back, there's some nostalgia and what's going on now kind of wars with that nostalgia in a way. Thank you. That was the word. Validate my feelings. Let me call the, Joe says, let me call the ambulance for you, Randy. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. Validate. Validate your parking. That's about it. Ah, Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. Right. Ah. Yeah. It hurts oh. a little bit. It doesn't care. Yeah. It's a war. It's an internal, a bit of an internal conflict. Yeah. You want to not care because they don't really deserve. We don't think they deserve our Thanks for the participation. therapy, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the therapy. Ah, it's an intervention. It's an intervention. Max made a comment on that. I got to finish Legion's take on it because he and Heath and Dog were knocking some stuff out of the park. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, I think this kind of puts nails in the, in the coffin. I think so too. I think we're out. I think yeah. we're we're out. There's no that. I'm going to look and laugh and if if there's some little bit that we can say, oh, that's not such a bad idea. Right. Maybe we can use it, but at this point, I think uh, that's probably uh, not going to happen. <laughs> so yeah. One D and D is the new thing from Wizards of the Coast, and happy sailing. We'll see. We'll see you down uh, on the other side. Hopefully, uh, um, it's it does the four E thing, and yeah. perhaps That's gives them some, my hope. I hope it just flops like worse than four E, and oh. gives some rise to some group. Maybe a group that's on uh, Big Geek Emporium. Maybe they'll yeah. rise to the occasion. Maybe my modules will be big hits. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Get that module out, dude. Dude, 
dude, I'm making progress. I'm really making progress. It is on a, on a note that module is humming along, but it's um, and there's only got sort of four little pieces left to write. But when you're writing for other people, dude, it is not simple. No, no, you have to write somewhat different. Yeah, yeah, it's not the same thing. Yeah. All right, are we ready to transition? Or did you buy your dress? What's that? Huh? We're, we're ready to transition, so you need to get your dress. Oh, oh yeah, sorry. So now <laughs> I want you all to refer to me as you did before. <laughs> yes. So um, because we're getting ready to transition, subscribe. Yes. Uh, anyone who's listening out there in audio land, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please do so. Um, if you haven't rated us on some in some form or fashion out there in the interwebs, uh, we would really appreciate a good review if you feel we deserve one. Uh, it would compete with what we need to do is have a we're going to read some reviews episode because apparently we have some that where people uh, don't like us very much. Aww. So, well, aww. sad. I'm sad about that. It could be good if you weren't such Trumpers. <laughs> Someone called us Trumpers. They did. Yeah. Well, you know, me, they could say, because I did vote for him one of the two times, but uh, the most recent one, because there was no other choice. But um, if you want to, then I'm voting for this, right? Um, but, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, right now, if we had an election, absolutely 100%. I wouldn't even look at the Santas. I, I understand completely. I would do it out of sheer anger. and um, But it doesn't matter. But Joe, get out of here. They don't know anything. <laughs> I know my boy Joe here. He's not a trumper. <laughs> it's funny. Oh, no. Transitioning to one of the biggest geekers. Yes. The one podcast. All come to us. One biggest geekers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, our, the, man, our man's got a better one. Let's call it One Randy. Yes, I like that. Okay, our man, <laughs> we, we have to talk. <laughs> Serious discussion now. Serious discussion. <laughs> okay. Afterwards. All right, so. D&D. Yes, we're going to um, start talking now about golems. We're going to, uh, well, we have already started to have uh, episode topics where we talk about the monsters. Yes. A monster mash. Monster mash. Yeah, this is number and four. Golems and constructs. Yeah. So, golems have been in the game since the very beginning. Yep. Uh, I don't know. Were they in Chainmail? Golems? I don't know about Chainmail. Uh, they were in the Greyhawk supplement, according right. to you here. And our discussion tonight is going to be golems and constructs. So we're going to focus a lot on the golems, but other constructs as well. Um, there was none. And, um, the only thing that was in, there was none in Monsters and Treasures. So the white box did not have golems. That's true. But their supplement of Greyhawk added flesh, stone, and iron golems. Hmm. Uh, OSE does have a living statue, but we'll get to that in a minute. But the original D&D, when you played the first three booklets... You did not have golems, but that quickly was remedied. <laughs> yes. Um, trigger warning. According to Malachi, um, or Malachi, or Malachi, 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 come on. Malachi. He's, he's part of the tribe, man. Oh, yeah. All right, all right. 
uh oh, I just walked into some anti-Semitism. <laughs> Lol. Yeah. Yes. Trigger warning for those who are have their sensitivity knobs turned to eleven. Uh, apparently, some folks think that talk of golems is, is insensitive to the Jewish folk. Um, uh, I will have to say that's silly. <laughs> Wait till we get to the to its actual entomology. Entomology mainly because Jews talk about them. Yes, they do. And so it's full. It's their folklore. So it's not anti-Semitic. Now you might be able to say, although I don't believe this, you might be able to say it's cultural appropriation. Whatever. But you might say the topic we're talking about. Yeah, we are talking about golems, so you can oh. level whatever istophobism type stuff at us, whatever. Don't Malachi has cleared. I've been saying his name wrong. Malachi. Oh, Malachi Martin. Where do I know that name from? Is that the exorcist? Like Father guy? Malachi Martin. Is that the exorcist dude? I think so. Hey, Max Blobbin's in the house. Um, hey. Dar says, Dar says, this is convenient. I'm getting ready. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, Mr. Max Boivin, oy vey. Sweet. This is convenient, Dar says. I'm getting ready to have my party of five fifth-level PCs fight a Gollum Guardian to escape the dungeon. Suggestion, don't let them win. Gollum should always win. Well, they're only fifth level. Well, good. Excellent. Good luck. Well played, Darth. Well played. I mean, even Stone, Gar Stone Guardians, um, they're not, they're are stone guardians considered constructs? Well, um, that's interesting. So Beckney and Rules Cyclopedia brought in several unique ones. In fact, they don't have all the, I call them the big four, which we haven't gotten to that yet. So the white box did not have any of them. Greyhawk bought in, brought in three. The three. Flesh, stone, and iron. They did not have the uh, clay golem yet. Beckney and Rules Cyclopedia had wood, bone, obsidian, uh, amber, and I don't think any others. Um, we're playing a BX variant, OSC, everybody knows about that. They have them all as well as living statues, crystal statues, rock statues, and iron statues. So those are all variants of D&D. &D. But uh, the, so technically the 1E monster manual was the first time we got what most people would call the big four. Uh, flesh, clay, iron, and stone. Stone. Yeah. Right, but, but, the, but the stone guardian is different than a stone than a, uh, a stone golem. I think we're They're getting two different creatures. By, we're getting blitzed by some dumb stuff in stream, but I'll keep. Oh it. come on! I That's turned right. on strict. So when I'm I, trying when to keep Max about, out. Yeah, when I talk about the big four tonight, guys, um, I'm talking about flesh, clay, stone, and iron. But there are others: dragon magazine, polyhedron, and adventure modules added several. Uh, to the 1E experience. There is a uh, cool Wikipedia, I think it's a Wikipedia or some kind of page where I just Googled monsters from 1E, from 3E. All different versions of D&D &D is a great list. So if you're just looking for a monster and you're trying to remember where did I see it at, what what edition, or if it exists in this edition, uh, go look that up. I really should have probably put that link on there. That's why I did some research. Um, it's really pretty good. Um, okay. Monster put, the band, put the band hammer down. Hopefully that took care of it on both yeah. ends. Yeah. I don't see him in our, our feed here in uh, in uh, StreamYard. Is he still popping up over there in YouTube land? I don't know. Yeah. Spam Gollum. <laughs> Iron Man says Spam Gollum. Um, yeah. Bruce is giving you a hint there, Joe. Check that out. Bruce says... Uh, 
go into my edit video, turn on subscriber only chat. There you go. So, okay. But anyway. Um, yeah, you, you keep talking. Yeah, you have a mod. But anyway, so Monster Manual 2 brought in some of my, and I've been thinking really hard because I don't, the objective is I know it's probably going to be, I love the Modrons, and I don't know why I love them because Monster Manual 2 brought them in. They're these quirky, little weird, geometric, quasi-construct creatures from Mechanus, the Plane of Law. I think it was called Nirvana back in the day. Those that love uh, uh, Manual of the Planes can let me know. But the Modrons were brought in. And while they're not truly constructs because they're sentient, they do tend to follow orders. So the lowest, the monodrone, just has a very simple set of instructions. Then the duodrone, the tetradrone, I, I can name several of them, it's not important. But they're kind of weirdly shaped, construct-type geometric creatures. I don't know why I like them so much, because really when you look at them, they're kind of goofy looking. Yeah, they are. But I always have I got a soft spot for them, and probably because of Max uh, Legion cover your ears. Planescape, they had this interesting little rogue Modron that was quite funny. He had little quips and stuff in the books somewhere halfway through, and I really liked him. But uh, I would agree if people said, oh, Modrons are kind of stupid. I'm like, yeah, they kind of are. But there was a really cool adventure. Oh, boy. I think it started at the Great Modron March and then finished in Dead Gods. Oh, yes, I agree, David Guile, 100%. Preferred, I love most Dieter Lietze stuff I like anyway, but his renditions of Modrons were quite cool. Um, oh, Malachi, I know there's a Planescape book for 5e next year. I am not. I wouldn't pay for that. I can't imagine it's worth a darn. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, I'm a little bit... I'm a little sour is not the right word, but I've been infected by Legion's comments against Planescape and also Joe. Um, so I'm not as excited, not as hyped about Planescape as I used to be. So Legion and uh, Joe have harshed my buzz, but I did really like them. So, and I still do, but I can get a kind of a, um, if you hate them, I get it. Um, and so in second edition is when we got quite the plethora in the official books. Um, okay, if I keep going, Joe, you still battling the bots? I am. I did not see that uh, setting Bruce is talking about in okay, the edit. Well, I'll keep going down the appear, first appearance while you yeah. do that. In 2E, you get the big four, and you get greater and lesser variants. So we're talking about um, – <laughs> sorry, you got to pause. Patrick said, the upcoming 5E Planescape is going to have the Lady of Validation. Instead of Lady of Pain. Oh, yeah, probably. And they'll stat her up and she'll just be a monster with 500 hit points. Um, yeah, David. Oh, David, he, he and I are have a little conversation here. I used to play Planescape back in the day. Not sure how I'd feel about it if I were to go back and read the books now. Yeah, I really loved it. But now that I realize that it's got a lot of, you know, moral relativism in it, it kind of rubs me the wrong way. I'm, But I'm going to play Planescape in two weeks. I have a friend coming to visit, and I'm going to run him and his daughter and her husband through a Planescape. He asked me to game. So, um, yeah, uh, we'll see. Um, but did you kill them, dude, or they just keep blasting us? They do. Yeah. They do. Um, anyway, so on 2E, we hit the big yeah, four. Keep going. 
greater and lesser forms. We get the gargoyle golem, which I enjoyed that. Glass golem, necrophidious golem, which was the death worm. Stone golem variants, all kinds. Uh, Caryatid column, which I used in my adventure adventure con, con. The juggernaut, which was a massive, just destructicon BA uh, stone column, stone guardian. And then a variety from the monstrous compendiums. I mean, just a truckload of golems. Um, in the various monstrous companions, this is where they start talking more about automatons. Now, as I said, BX had living statues, but here they call them automatons, uh, clockwork, clockwork horrors, and we finally see one of my favorites. I don't know if a joke can comment on this. I really like this, the Shield Guardian. I thought that was a very neat golem, one that a wizard or cleric or somebody could control with a necklace. Um, that was pretty neat. Um, that's more of like a companion to a wizard, a true companion that will fight for you. Um, pretty, pretty powerful. Um, and then, of course, in second edition, my beloved Planescape gave us the Modrons. Um, the Maruts appeared, though they weren't. They mentioned the word inevitable, but the word the inevitables didn't really get a full write up until third edition. Um, and that's when you got the Modrons actually got tamped down uh, for the longest time. I didn't know during third edition, Joe, if they were even going to produce the Modrons at all. In fact, they came out in the supplement. Um, hmm. But the inevitable. I, I like the top dog Modrons, right? From yeah, there were some cool days. ones. And, yeah. um, Primus and, and uh, Primus. Well, he's he's practically a deity. He was the one. Right, right. And then like the few layers down there. But when it gets close to like the. Uh, the ones that start taking up geometric shapes, yeah. Then they start looking silly. Yeah. Well, they're pretty. Well, they look silly even up to the higher ones. The higher ones, the second disc was tough, but um, I know, and I want to talk expand this. Could be a spoiler alert, so probably not inclined to. But the Great Modron March is when the Modrons would walk around um, the plane of concordant opposition, um, the wheel, the Great Wheel, visiting all the gate towns, and they would usually get slaughtered in various ones. Some would not slaughter them. Um, then in this adventure, there's this creature. Oh, what's his name? Not Terminus. I bet somebody there can tell me. I'm going to give a spoiler away. It was the spirit of Orcus who slew, one of them slew Primus and took over control of Mechanus. And so Tenebris, that was his name. And Tenebris mm -hmm. became Orcus again. It was kind of a, Orcus got uh, assassinated by the drow goddess of death he came back got his plane of the abyss back and all that so but yeah um <laughs> what does our man say in my gardens and garages game i will use the weed golem okay. <laughs> are we talking wacky weedus or are we talking more like um, um the stuff we get in our front yard that we have to pull all the time um Yes, Bruce, that's right. Dead Gods and the Great Modron March. I think they're connected modules. They're both very thick. I have them both. He's right. The actual Dead Gods thing was more about with Tenebris. I think you're right. But I think it was hinted at in the Modron March that something was up. Yeah, something was up with Primus because the Modron started their march early. So, but there was, I don't remember the details, but I remember there being a thing going on. I literally never ran the modules because, honestly, they're... If, you know, we talked about, I don't mind a railroad, but sometimes it was like, well, the players will see this and then they come over and ask this question. I'm like, 
How do you know they're going to even come over there? I had players that would totally ignore such a minor thing like that. I forgot one of yeah. them. One of the modules had a start like that, which was weird. Um, uh, but in Planescape, um, but in third edition, um, you have the about 74 types of golems. Uh, no kidding. I counted them. 74 types of golems. Wow. And, yeah, with my Not individual. No, so forty-five iron types, and then there was there was a variety. There was wood golems, and I'm not going to say the one that Patrick mentioned. I'll I'll post it up there. <laughs> Book of Blue I'll say it. It beats what was in the Book of Blue Magic, the ejaculate golem, and that's disgusting. <laughs> um, and Monster Manual one through five, and the Fiend Folio from third edition just had a whole boatload of these golems. Like I couldn't tell you how many. Then they brought in the astral constructs. Um, and finally, the Inevitables. And the Inevitables were literally, I think they they had originally planned for them to be a replacement for the Modrons because they were much tougher. They were creatures of law that believed in, um, let me do something real quick, Joe. You want to talk some or are you still, you still battling? I'm not battling, but, uh, oh, custom. Okay. Yeah, there Ouch. we go. Five. Probably the best picture. The best picture of the Inevitables would be the third edition picture, in my opinion. They had the best. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Let's see which one. Here we go. That's a good. That's a really cool picture of the Inevitables, and they were taking the replace. To my in my mind, for the longest time, they replaced the Modrons. Joseph Cam. Panya. Because I love inevitables. They're cool too. Like one of them would, you know, a lawful inevitable might his job might be to go chase after oath breakers. So they would travel the plains to hunt down oath breakers. They were super lawful, super neutral. And um the Ray the Wayne Reynolds one, I'm not sure what he's talking about, probably somebody else. Um anyway. Oh, this I, isn't this a Wayne's Wayne Reynolds uh, uh, I wouldn't be shocked. Art. It looks it looks like it looks very Wayne Reynoldsy. Yeah, the big elephant type guy is the Collier root. Uh, the smaller guy in the center with center with the robes. No, the elephant guy is the Mar root. The robe guy is the collar root. And I don't remember the other Zeka loops. And a weird name. I'm just I'm trying to. I don't, I'm the only one I remember is Marut. Yeah, because Marut made an appearance all the way back in first edition. And I think they even mentioned, but the inevitables were interesting. They were sent out to the planes. They were sentient, sentient constructs. They were the war forged before the war forged. And they had quite the uh, cool missions, lawbreakers. Uh, not, they had specific missions like this is an oath breaker. This type comes after him. This is one that's broken a contract or this is one that's done this. And that's uh, actually yeah. a good one for players. Huh? That's a, that's a great one to have around in your back pocket for PCs because yeah. lots, there are lots of players that like to promise the NPC stuff and then they say he, 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 they can't do anything about it. And even in five, you. <laughs> and even in five E, I've looked at them; they're pretty boss. Yeah. And they had they were really tough to handle. The stats on a on a on inevitable they were some tough tough hombres. Um, it's it's they're stretching. They're stretching the envelope when it comes to what a golem kind of is. Yeah. They're more of a construct, a living one. A living construct, which yeah, they they have their their they have AI. <laughs> I think it was somebody on Reddit, but somebody made a good statement. He goes, 
talking about the inevitable. He goes, who wouldn't like plane shifting Terminators of law? That's exactly what they were. Right. So they were pretty cool. Oh, man, Kill Raven's doing it again. Look, look, look what he's trying to get us to do. Start over? Oh, man. He says that every time. He's demanding, I know. Our time is posted. I mean, on my computer to tell me when to start. It's a good thing, I mean, Kill You guys got to know considered this. Considered cool, so. But um, Modrons didn't see anything in third edition except for a Dragon Magazine article and a web enhancement supplement. Um, I need to make a graphic like subscribe, except it says Kill Raven here, time, um, do over or start <laughs> over or something like that. I need to do that. Ah. Zillicut. Ah. Yeah, so. David Gow, the Zillicut was the winged centaur one, and it went after those who escaped justice. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, so. Um, they have stuff. some sort of magical ability to detect whether that was the case, or did they just say someone hired them or said, and said, hey, these people did this, and they're like, okay, boss, and went after them. Do you know? Uh, I agree with you, Kill Raven. You did demolish an epic level party in three five with a pimped out inevitable. They had the sweetest DR imaginable. It was like uh, thirty or fifteen slash. What was it? Not axiomatic. What was the other one? What was chaos? Oh. Axiomatic was law. They had oh. something like that. It was really hard to have to bypass their DR. Plus, oh. they had lots of cool tricks. And if you pimped him out, I'm sure he was ridiculous. Oh, the time travel one. Yeah. Yeah, he was boss. If you did time travel bullcrap, he hunted you down. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good one to use. Yes, I like it that. Is. And, and, and to have and to make sure you have time travel adventures first so the players have to fight them. <laughs> that's the best thing. Uh, uh, <laughs> An adventure that, that's, really, that's, a, that's a dick move. It's a great dick move, though, because what you do is you tell the players to be on this big adventure, right? So um, the king of the land says, hey, we need to go back and fix this horrible atrocity, but make sure you don't change anything else. And then oh, yeah. everyone comes back and they manage to do it sweating. We did it, dude. We did it. And he goes, you cannot change time. <laughs> that was great. Good. Well played, Kill Raven. Always attack. And 3-5, always attack parties with inevitables. That's a great move. Um, I guess fourth edition, we can't have much to say. I will say that I did look up. There was no Mar Modrons until a dragon issue. And 5E seems to have them all. Uh, Big four animated objects, clockwork creatures, shield guardians, Modrons. They have the Marut. That's the only, and it's referred to as inevitable, but I don't know if they have any others. But that's kind of where all the constructs and golems sort of landed in the different editions. So that might have been more information that you needed, but I, I had a really good time. Golems are a favorite of mine. They're uh, good. They're good um, challenges. They because really you got to really, um, you either have to. Um, be able to take their attacks for yeah. long enough for you to be able to beat them down and by, uh, because you're not, a lot of times you're not bypassing all of their immunities. I'm looking at OSE here and I want to talk a minute about sort of the, their abilities that were interesting over the additions. I noticed that, and this disappointed me a little, and I guess it was true in certain versions of D&D, &D, um, they were they were mundane mundane damage immunity. That's pretty awesome. They were unharmed by gas, charm, hold, and sleep, uh, and that was it. 
So because there was no kind of magic resistance in the BX. Oh, right, and, the, right. and I don't think there was in rule cyclopedia either. Uh, well, what's mundane damage immunity mean? Uh, if you didn't have magic items, they couldn't be damaged. Okay, so your normal swords and stuff like that. Hardman's <laughs> got it. Short golems, goblins. And uh, goblins uh, can become problems. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, Randy says, Patrick, so help me, I will kick you in the nuts if you ever throw a poop golem at us. Looks like I'll be wearing my metallic cup soon because that was in my plan. <laughs> yeah, that oh, would be I a. I didn't know this. 4E Modrons have a shtick where they could combine into more powerful types or split into heart to lessers. Oh, okay. Oh, That's Mark where more Mortensen's comic comes from. Yeah, Voltron. Or Martinson, Martinson there, Voltron. Yeah. yeah. Um, it seems like the, the immunity to normal weapons was across the editions. Immunity to a lot of spell-like things. Eventually, I think in first and second edition, they got... Um, well, Gollum's immune to but a few spells, right? Um, I just so happen to have... The monster manual from 1E, I believe. Well, sometimes they're immune because the spell itself says only X creatures uh, are affected by it, and golems are often not named in those. Unless someone can correct me, I'm going to assume that D&D, pre-first edition, golems basically were immune to anything but magic weapon attacks and a few spells, but that was it. Um, I believe in first edition, let me see... Um, Clay golems can only be hit by clay golems can only be hit by blunt magical weapons. Clay golems. Yeah. Uh, and I think they had a did they have a magic resistance? It says C below. So I think you had to have only certain spells. Um they could haste themselves. Oh yes, there's a handful of spells. Um, move Earth, Disintegrate, and Earthquake were the spells that could affect the Clay Golem. And, and then that was it. Uh, yeah, just a handful of spells, and that was it. Um, and then the, if you got hit by them, wasn't it, wasn't it that you couldn't get it healed? It couldn't heal normally except uh, yeah. uh, after a removed curse or something like that? Yeah. First and so. second. Yeah. And oh, that was a, that was a Clay Golem. Yeah. By a clay Golem. 17th level cleric had to cast it. <laughs> Good um, luck. And David Gow had it right on third edition. They weren't immune to every spell. They were immune to every spell that allowed a saving throw. Yeah. That was in third edition. In second edition, I think second was much more like first. And um, there was a late enough, if you stuck around in third edition late enough, there was a book that gave you a few <laughs> spells that affected the golems that were that immune were. to Because it was a damaging spell that didn't offer a saving throw. Mm hmm but, you know, as much as I get frustrated with that, when I sit and think about it, and Joe used to talk about this, too. Why would a wizard create, put all this crap into building a golem that he himself couldn't stop? <laughs> I mean, it's like, okay, I created him. I sure Oh, and golems would go crazy. Berserk was definitely a quality they often had uh, at some point or another. And in third edition, you could not sneak attack them either. There was no backstabby type stuff. It'd be one thing if if golems were were if it wasn't if the paradigm wasn't golems all over the place right yeah if, um there weren't a lot a, a lot or any golems in your game world and you were a wizard character you played a wizard character and you found the book that showed people how to make a golem 
but yeah. cleverly the person who left the book left out the part where they could berserk and they're immune to every, anything you can do so if you try to control it it's going to just you know pound you into paste unless uh, if it goes berserk so i mean as a guardian creature i'm going to renege on my words a little bit yeah um, that you were talking about for something that's going to guard a wizard's things yes especially from other wizards who may use magic to acquire the wizard's things a golem that is immune to a lot of things that a wizard can do would be useful but um i know that there are some supplements where when you create your golem you can key the spells that can affect it so you could key in the spells that you know yeah uh, especially you know some off the wall spell like uh, uh, wizard mark right if you cast wizard mark on this golem it stops or whatever yeah. you know uh, but uh, apart from that it would, it would be cool just to have you know here's a manual of the golems or whatever you want to call yeah, it yeah those manuals leave, yeah you just leave out the details of it could go berserk and it's <laughs> immune to anything you could possibly do to it right and I think the flesh golem was was one that had the most likely chance, and then the clay golem, which was terrifying if he hit you because you lost your your hit points in burst edition. It's worth reading. I know I brought it up, but you had to get healed, I believe, by a um, by a seventeenth level cleric. I don't think he could be healed at all. Um, clay golem, yes. Damage inflicted upon living matter by a clay golem is only repairable by means of a healing spell. Oh, maybe it wasn't the heal spell. Healing spell from a cleric of 17th or greater level. So, yeah, that was pretty harsh. Um, very, very. I think the constructs were less deadly for the most part. They often had, you needed magic weapons to hit them, and they were mean to sneak attacks, but they didn't have a lot of the spell resistance stuff. And then the Modrons, for the most part, I think they had some magic resistance um, in second edition or first edition. But I think it was never too terribly powerful. Same, for, I, I remember the collar roots and the inevitables were just pretty much boss all the way around. So, but yeah, I think that was a lot of their main powers. They had a lot of staying power in a fight. Um, had a lot of groups that when they see a golem, dude, they were like, oh man. It was usually a, like Joe's tactic was to do what? Avoid them some way. Yeah. Right. I mean, a lot of times. We'll get around it. Yeah, we'll go around. Yeah. Uh, try to discover it's uh, if there is one some secret button right. or thing that will make to turn them off. Secret word. There's usually something, but yeah. I did always uh, think it was, I didn't. I did trying to beat them down was just asking for lots of pain. Yeah, even if you win, you're like, dang, that hurt, and you burn a lot of resources. I always thought we talked about it once, Joe. I thought it would be cooler instead of a all clay golems having these three spells that hurt it. What if the caster? just invented created a few spells that he knew to get around the golem's resistance that he could put in a scroll of that spell inside the, the golem's physical being which would make him susceptible to that i think well that's that's kind of the story uh, the traditional story of of the golem yes there was a little scroll inside of it that you had to that contained the secret word so yeah the TV show Supernatural did that, and that was kind of cool. Yeah. Where they had a golem like that, and they had it was in his mouth, and they could they could get him to open his mouth. They could take the scroll out, and he was weakened. He couldn't do anything. He just stood there. That was right. kind of neat. Um, 
Oh, yeah. I think you're right, Kill Raven. They're the chat people are talking about uh, what is it? The um, what is that gum? Stained glass gum. I do believe he could cast prismatic spray. Yeah, that was pretty deadly. Oh, um, prismatic spray. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I always liked the idea of golems. Are just, I guess, probably part of it was my desire to kill your characters, but really, a lot of it was they just they seem so appropriate in a dungeon. Yeah, they don't have to eat. They don't have any bodily functions that you got to worry about, and you can say protect this item. That's yeah, they, they don't do. care. That's all they do. Right. <laughs> and so I don't like them as PCs, though. Oh, the Warforge. I really don't. Yeah, that's a pretty. Yeah, that's where Eberron came in in third edition. I think is that turned me off. Uh, they had a giant, and I couldn't find a good um, wicked. I, I didn't. I looked a little bit, but I couldn't find a good description of the Warforged. I have the Eberron book. I didn't want to rifle through it, but I remember disliking them quite a bit. Um, because normally constructs and golems aren't affected by magic, but somehow the PC types yeah. are. And they have to make special rules and say because of this, that, and the other thing, that they have a heart or whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's just silly. Well, and I think the Warforged, what I found annoying was they said, well, the Warforged can only be healed half hit points uh, by healing spells. And then they came up with the, who's the dude? Repair. Is it a repair? Repair spells. And I was like, well, yeah. what's the point then? So you're going to have the a, alchemist or artificer. Artificer, yeah. On. And they made that right in the same book, and I'm like, "Yeah, even the point then." You yeah. know, everybody, I'm playing a, I'm playing a Warforge. Well, I guess somebody's got to play an Artificer. Yeah, I mean, yeah. or you have the this, you know, you can make a potion or a wand, you know, the, of that spell. And David Gomez, point, they weren't full on constructs. They had some sort of wood component and some some even physical stuff. But just in general, I did not like. I just didn't like it. Warforged is not my thing. Um, They had some pretty crazy bills, and they're 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 they had a weird like immune to poison, and a lot of things are really good. Um, Yeah. So, oh yeah, Kill Raven, the Warforged could be an artificer. Yeah, true. Good good points. Um, I agree with Diablo too, Mar Hawkman. He says. Uh, golems are a little more than puppets, clay, metal, flesh, fire. Didn't matter. They were mindless things. Yeah, that's okay. That's definitely a way to do them. Yeah. Uh, the ones we play in D&D most of the time, though, are have a certain set of instructions. They're, they're not good at improvising. They're no. only good at, like, obeying what you say. Kill anyone that's not me that comes in this room. <laughs> and that's pretty sweet, so. And that's when I lost my darling child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um... I think for me, uh, I don't use them as much as I used to, but I haven't forgotten them. I, I, I have kind of, I got to watch myself. I fall into the undead, demons, devils, and golem trap a lot because yeah, yeah. uh, I do like them, but I want my players to have a little bit varied experience these days. Of course, not saying I won't use them, but I try to be more. Maybe you, more you like big things. You like giants. Yeah, I've always been a fan of the, I think it's because the ease of running them. If you have one opponent, Versus yeah. four, five, six characters. Um, yeah, it just seemed easier. I've always been a fan of the one big, though I didn't use, I have not used dragons an enormous number of times. I've used them, fair, I don't know, probably not even fair, probably just real light touch with dragons. Um, but um, maybe not. I don't know. What do you think, Joe? Do you remember me 
recall me using lots and lots of dragons in the recent past or even a long time ago? Did I use them more? Uh, dragons, um, yeah, you like dragons. Okay. But uh, not low level. No. When, when we start hitting certain levels, then dragons start being a uh, mode of play. So now, as long as we are stuck in like uh, sixth, seventh, eighth level and below, dragons aren't a big thing because, um, well, depends on the version of the game, really. Yeah. I guess maybe in, in, in earlier versions, um, lower level characters could, could potentially face off against dragons because they didn't have that high of hit points in the earlier games. Mm-hmm. But when you got into third edition and beyond, yeah. dragon hit points went stupid high. Second was pretty good. Second, second was pretty good too. Yeah, they like. Tw- I think the red dragon at, at Great Red Worm was twenty four d ten plus. Oh, oh okay. Bright, so maybe from the that might have been compendiums. Yeah. That's when they brought out the monstrous compendium, the hard, yeah. the uh, the binders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with Kill Raven. I am definitely bad, bothered about disposable dragons. <laughs> good night, Mister Larry. Need- now we're losing a few folks. Oh well. What are some of your favorite experiences with or use of of golems, Joe? Do you have any one or two moments you remember that you thought was pretty cool or that you thought was terrifying or awesome or dumb even? Um, I really hate playing against iron golems. <laughs> they are aggravating. They are super tough. <laughs> yep. They have very few vulnerabilities. Uh, if you're not playing, if you don't have the right uh, uh, party makeup, I mean, there's really, it's a really difficult to beat, oh, even high-level parties. If you get caught unawares, they can uh, they can make life pretty bad. I believe, let me check here in first edition. The poison iron, gas breath. Yep. First edition, you had to have plus three weapons to hurt them. Uh, they could breathe out a, they could breathe out a poison gas um, up to three times, no, hold on. Let me see. They're three times stronger than flesh golems. A cloud of poisonous gas directly once every seven melee rounds. Uh, magic fire healed them. Though they were subject to a rest monster if you could summon or bring one. That's interesting. But that's hard to do. Um, it doesn't say what their poison did, though. I'm looking. I thought it was just save or die. You know, it, it just says... Breathe out a poisonous gas, 10 by 10 by 10, directly before, before it, once every seven rounds. Um, yeah, and they hit for 440. Damn it. Yeah. Now, what edition is that? First edition? First. But it, they do talk about cloud kill being one of their components to making them. So maybe that's – I think the I think the intention was for poison to be save or die. Save or die, um, and 4 to 40 was pretty much – Lights yeah, Pat- Patrick's got a good point. I do like this quality. My favorite is stumping a paladin with a golem. Golems are neutral, immune to smite. Dig this, Patrick. Let me do my favorite. So I got two. The second, I'll do my least favorite second. My favorite first. And three point five. I was running my remember my called my magnum opus, Joe. You played it. And it was a massive dungeon for like twelfth to fifteenth level total BA characters, and you ran into a demon flesh golem. Now what that is is a golem that's created a flesh golem from the flesh of demons. This one was constructed to look like Demogorgon, and what I did in the room is I assumed he went berserk. And he thought he was Demogorgon. Remember that? And you guys were like, holy crap, because he was massive. And you're like, 
Randy, did you just put Demogorgon in this room? I said, roll initiative. He goes, I am the Demogorgon. Don't you dare blah, blah, And they were, you guys were like, holy crap, we're fighting Demogorgon. You know, and uh, <laughs> it was just a crazy goblin. But he was super powerful anyway. He was tough. That was uh, that was where I put the fear of uh, goblins. And they're like, because you guys, because he looks like a fleshly creature. And you're like, oh, my God, we're fighting Demogorgon. That was awesome. So, I mean, surprise you're fighting Demogorgon is kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Surprise, and, uh, you're going to die. My next favorite one was probably, I guess I did like killing you guys, was from the uh, uh, Lost Caverns of Sojanth, where you encountered oh. that clay golem. We played that module so much, you guys were like, okay, when we get to this place, go. do not check the alcove. Do not check the alcove. Go there. You guys do not go there. That was so good. Uh, but no, that module itself is fun. I mean, oh, even if you've played it multiple times, it's not that it's particularly clever, but I, I just think that it's iconic and, and I have a lot of nostalgia for it. I would love to, to play through that more. Did you play in the one version of it where I made you draw from the deck of many things to enter Drellsna's Lair at the end? Probably. I, you you love throwing like, the deck of many like, things what? all the These time. Are, you guys are like, what? So... <laughs> So, all roads lead to here. Mm-hmm. You must pull a card from the deck to proceed. That's right. Oh, okay, wait. that's top, dude. It, it may not be number one for me, but it is really close. Yeah. And I'm hoping Goodman Games redoes it in the reincarnated one. I just can't resist the reincarnated ones. Those those are such good deals. Yeah. But yeah, that's the other, maybe we should do an episode on uh, Lost artifacts. Oh, no, artifacts. On what? Artifacts, because you just brought up the deck of many things. Have an artifact. Yeah, there you go. Artifacts, artifacts from back in one e. There's nothing like those anymore. Oh, there were artifacts in two e too, but you're you're right. Yeah, it all got blunted from there. Yeah, they were cooler. I love the tables in the original Dungeon Master Guide. Looks like is Joe frozen to everybody else or just me? Because Joe appeared to be frozen. Maybe it's just me. So I'm not sure. Even, oh, Randy looks like he. I, look like every, he everything went like. I don't know what happened. <laughs> We're having some issues. You were frozen for my end for like 30 seconds. Yeah, you too. Um, and then and then both both boxes had the circle-y things. Oh. So I don't know if that I don't know what that was. Maybe that was. Um, did, did everybody out there see see that as well? Yeah. Uh, let me know. Let us know what you saw so I can figure out what that might have been. It could have. Mar, Mar says you were preserved in carbonite for a moment. Yes, they all agreed you were frozen, not me. Patrick swears you just accidentally cast time stop. Accidentally. I like to do it on purpose sometimes. Kill Raven hits it out of the park for me. If you look at it from the perspective, and I remember that feeling, Kill Raven, when it first came out, Lost Caverns was full of sweet pictures like Tomb of Horrors, a fantastic dungeon and story. And that chick at the end was a badass vampire and had an artifact in there. And you got a bunch of new crap. New yeah, that- uh, The Bahir was first. Yeah, dude. That's a, gosh, I, I should buy that module again just for, just to have it. Man. You don't have it? Joe, remember? Dumb Randy. Well, not dumb. It's d- I feel dumb now. I sold a lot of my second edition and older stuff. Oh, I thought you had multiple uh, copies of that. I I'm pretty sure I have a copy of Sojanth over here. Well, you give it to me, and that'll be fine. 
think Joe's frozen again. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, yeah, it was great. So Kill Ravens got the right of it. Yeah, um, it's good. it was good stuff. And there's not they don't make stuff like that nowadays. Not and really. I, I don't want to be too much of an old, um, you know, what is what's the name for it for us? Old, old generation. Buddy, buddy. No. Yeah, there's another one. Boomer. I don't want to sound too boomer, but um, I guess that probably it's not it doesn't exist in the Watsi paradigm, probably in the OSR paradigm. Um, but I'm not too I'm not as connected with that as I should be or could be. So what would be cool is if anybody here knows of OSR type um, experiences that you could say are similar. Dude, slow I down. That's a that's a stream. What? Oh, sorry. The experiences of old school, because oh, Darth is asking me. Darth Deke says, "Have you re- ever ran the Night Below box set?" No, oh, Night Below. Yeah. I never ran it. You might right. have. I tried. Um, night. There's Night Below, and there's another one similar to that. Uh, they both came roles, out. That, that um, bring back a shared experience. We talked about that a little bit. Yeah. The cool thing about Night Below was you could end up if you really beat the the end the boss monster you could end up with a flying castle kind of Dude. thing that you could control. But anyway, that would um, if folks know um, if folks know of OSR experiences that you could compare that have the same kind of coolness to them that uh, say a the Lost Caverns of Sojans or um, um, that's what I love about White Plume Mountain. Oh, or, yeah. Um, what's the, what's the other uh, um, Caves of Chaos? Uh, yeah, right. That, that's that's not the name of the thing. That's keep that's, on the Borderlands, baby. Keep on, yeah, yeah. So oh, those three, yeah, Patrick hitting it out of the park. So if we if there are if there are if there are OSR or indie module experiences that you guys think of that are comparable to those, I think I might make a Twitter post about that. I think that could give us that could give us another uh, we could, one of us, Randy could buy that and then uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, run it and then review it and then we could talk about it because Well, I've got dude, Dark Tower hanging to review I keep swear, but dude, I'm so sidetracked with other stuff I have mm-hmm. no excuse. Joe's working like a madman so I need and to have Dark, Dark Tower is uh, Dark Tower is the uh, module with uh, Mitra's Fist. It was a third-party product by Judges Guild. I have the uh, oh, yes, yes. reprint from Goodman Games years ago. I'm also in the – I got the reincarnated version coming to the two-book collection. Ooh, right, uh, right. So Dark Tower, um, how old is that? That's old. Yeah, it's pretty old. I did stupidly buy the DC – I think I – no, I bought the 5e version because I don't think I wanted the DCC version. But, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but no, those are just oh, so good. Basic Fantasy has some clones of the old stuff, but mm-hmm. it'd be cool if there were some unique, uh, if there were some unique um, adventure modules out there that had had a similar, not the same thing specifically, but people that, uh, something that people talk about, like we do. I think DCC is about to come out with a module. Um, cool on DCC. They're about to come out with a module that I think could possibly be on that level, just because it sounds so unique 
Um, I kickstarted it, Music of the Spheres. It's got some widgets and stuff that sound really good. Uh, never played Dragon Mountain, but I think Joe was a fan of that one, Darth. That's the other one. So there's Night Below and Dragon Mountain. They were both released. Uh, I don't know if they were in the same year or back-to-back years, but they have a similar um, a similar thing to them. They're you know big modules, uh, lots of uh, little pieces, parts inside, um, heavy box sets. Remember second edition, they had a rod of seven parts. That had a really neat um, picture booklet. So did the Return to the Tomb of Horrors. That was that was quite the elaborate storyline by Bruce Cordell near the end of second. That's a hot item. That's hard to find. I used to have it. <coughs> Dang it. Yeah. Dragon Mountain, uh, that's the one where you end up with Flying Castle, and you end mm-hmm. up having to defeat the minions of the dragon, which are all like goblins. But kobolds, I thought. Kobolds, kobolds. But you're you're in a passage that the passages under the mountain are all like two feet tall, so you're crawling through them and fighting them. <laughs> yeah. So that it's a unique environment. Um, I think we've talked about really the we, we mentioned. Should, should we talk a little about the um, the background um, of the golem? Just a minute. I'm gonna make a comment. Let me share something, okay, Joe? Um, this no, is, no, okay. Uh, let's see here, dude. Uh, Chrome. Uh, here we go. The Wikipedia uh, thing. This is the Golem, uh, an animated anthropomorphic being in Jewish folklore, which is entirely created from inanimate matter, usually clay or mud. Uh, the Psalms from the Bible and medieval writings, the word Golem was used as a term for amorphous, unformed material. So the most famous Golem narrative involves a Judah Lo Ben Bezalel. Uh, from Prague. Many tell, he was a rabbi. Many tells different how the golem was brought to life and controlled. The golem is a highly mutable metaphor with seemingly limitless symbolism. It can be a victim or a villain, a Jew or a non-Jew, man or woman. Over the centuries, it has been used to connote war, community, isolation, hope, and despair. Uh, it goes on and on with the true etymology of the golem. Uh, it's biblical sort of quote-unquote oranges. They claim that the word is actually used in the Bible. Um, in Psalms 139.16 um, but I guess it depends on your interpretation but probably maybe in the original Hebrew it was the word Gollum I think that's interesting that we got some smart cookies on here that uh, that knew that so but just thought that was interesting that that was the case hmm. yeah. oh here's a good point Martinson says, "At Randy, would you rather have all those modules and never play them or have your bike in new use? Well, the truth is I'd like to have a select portion of those old D&D stuff that I would now repurpose for the games that I play. But yes, I love my bicycle. Just got it um, um, tuned up and it is ready to roll. I've already ridden it a couple of times. So, yeah. All right. Let's say we talk about some alternate takes for these creatures, Joe. That'll wrap up our discussion. Sure, but I'm going to do this first. Oh, you tell them that, dude. Yeah. I'm slapping that across your face. Yes. Subscribe, like, share, hit the thumbs up button. That's the like button, I suppose. Subscribe to the face. I like that. Also, there are lots lots of things that you can do apart from subscribing since it kind of preaching to the choir at this point yeah since i had a subscriber only block up the, the folks that are here are subscribers already 
but you can head over to Big Geek Emporium, at least take a look around, uh, make an account, see if there's anything there you like. Um, that would be great. Uh, and, and tell people about the live stream, tell people about us. Um, subscribing only gets you so far. I don't know that we have we have grown in subscribers at all. No, in the last week. So that's fine. We're all pals anyway. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't really look at the folks that we have um, connected with here online. Mm-hmm. ADM James. Yeah, what's up, man? Um, thanks for stopping by. Um, I think of us as um, a bigger friend group. Yeah, it sure seems like it. Not, I would not love followers to or you know worshippers or anything like that. I mean, no. just bigger friend group. It's good stuff. Oh, DM Kurt is here too. Yeah. These are dudes I keep inviting to cabin con sideways, and one day they're going to show up and we're going to be like, holy crap, we need nine more cabins. <laughs> they're all sleeping in your bed. <laughs> hey, I scoot over. We get cozy. <laughs> oh, okay. So what about some alternate takes here? Oh, yeah, that might be the truth. I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Like that it's, DMJ. It's Jewish, Jewish mysticism is the yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I had three different takes on the Gollum. Um, and to me, they sound like fun campaign takes. Um, one of them was, what if the technique of a go- of creating Gollums were lost to time? Wizards and such seek to find the formula, but find it nearly impossible. Find or, finding or encountering one is like finding something from a bygone Byzantine era, truly mysterious, really ancient sorcery so that it's really rare and then of course your pcs find one because they got to that's the cool thing and then you're really somebody special right like dude joe you made a stone golem yeah he's right here this is called porky he looks like a pig but he smashes like a beast he carries my stuff <laughs> he carries my stuff and don't make your apartment in his back i just open it up it's all there yeah i like that one i also had another one I, this is more I don't call it planescaping, but he uses mechanists. Um, a powerful wizard. This is kind of superhero we guys. I mean, only from the perspective. So imagine a wizard. What is that? Dr. Frankenstein made a flesh column and killed him. You're saying it wrong. Frankenstein. 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 Mm-hmm. Oh, damn James living statue. So are you a BX guy? Are you a OSE dude? He likes the living statues. They are good. Yeah. Did you have one, Joe, or do you want me to keep going with my second? Keep going, keep going. Okay, so imagine a powerful wizard summons an Ultron-like being, one that was bound eons ago to the plane of ultimate law. Call it Mechanus. This creature seems to be under his control for a while, and he uses it to help the world. And it slowly uses its powers of law, control, mathematical logic, to take over all constructs and golems in the world. <laughs> revolt. Very Avengers 2, right? Yeah. Right. Making them organize, gain sentience, attack flesh, flesh world leaders, perhaps bring about right on. Yeah. Uh, perhaps bring about an apocalypse if the PCs and the world doesn't figure it out. So don't make it happen automatically, but just drop these little, you know, nuggets of weird things happening along the way. Look, that Iron Golem went berserk, blah, blah, blah. How come it did that? We put this, you know, 
uh, we have this behavior inhibitor. inhibitor. <laughs> uh. um, and it would be really interesting if you went one step further. What if at one time the Ultron-like leader said, turn now, and pretty much all the powerful wizards were killed by their own golems? So now the war, now the apocalypse is going to happen because the golems are free and you don't have the wizards to kind of do something. So I think that would be a cool setting. Even if you began after the golem apocalypse, that would be. Oh, sure. That would be a great backstory. And then wizards would be rare and perhaps hated. Yeah. Now, Joe probably won't care for this one unless you go. Oh, I forgot one. David Gow mentioned one I didn't even mention. Ah, the homunculus. Ah. I should have mentioned that one. That's a cool little dude. I used a lot of those back in the day. Oh, yeah. So my third one is um, a world not unlike Eberron, Joe's favorite, wherein, co wherein constructs are a part of life. Highly magical world. Suddenly one day, they all stop working. No magic will jumpstart these creatures. Uh, if you use Warforge, they stop as well. So if your PC is a Warforge, boom. You're all For all intents and purposes, you're dead. This could lead to a sort of tragedy as the world tries to deal with the losses of its free labor. Of course, this could lead to a situation wherein magic itself is starting to fail, and perhaps the automatons are just the first thing to go. The PCs must find the reason for this, or their own magic may eventually fail. These are just options. No spells and no magic items are a great way to motivate players to, to try to solve a problem. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. I'd hate to... Um do the snap on golems if there's a a warforged in the party though yeah that, that would be that'd be hardcore though uh, martinson says uh what is the wizard's name tony stark yeah probably probably Ooh, this is neat cow i had an adventure i used to run where the bad guys are trying to empower an iron golem with a lich's life force yeah i remember that's cool i think it was uh who's the dude we had on um the last guest we had on, Joe, um, Legacy Game Map, yeah. Yeah. talked about something like that. Yeah, yeah. that would be something. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're already <laughs> a lich. Yeah. And you're like, hey, I could put my soul in that there iron golem. Talk about a hard phylactery to destroy. Put it in a greater iron golem. Yeah, good luck with that. Did you have any others you wanted to ask? Oh, those are kind of cool alternate uses. Those are, those are cool. Yes, cool. DM James. That's how I would use it. I wouldn't say Tony Stark. I would say Antonio of the House of Stark. Yes. Now, the only though I will say that these rely on perhaps fairly uh, extensive uh, golems in your world, especially the Eberron one. I didn't, yes. So in Eberron, there's lots of golems. Yeah, I mean the first one and the last one are kind of different sides of the same coin right the first one is where golems are so rare no one's even heard of a wizard creating one in two thousand years right. the other is they're all over the place and then boom, they all power down right especially if you use them like an eberron i mean an eberron the warforged were initially created to fight a horde of undead so they sent constructs to fight this undead army so um yeah um that's true and definitely uh number two the one with the ultron light figure is a complete yeah. rip Avengers 2, but I mean, I think... It, yeah, and for that to work, to, for that to have any amount of um, punch, there would still need to be lots of golems. Or fairly oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, golems. yeah. 
Well, you have or, to have Hyperon-like world where they have all this, you know, magical magical constructs and doohickeys are all over the place. Or enough, um, enough of them in key places. Or perhaps many cities have a guardian that is a golem. Mm-hmm. So you would need to have um, there need to be some presence. Most most game worlds, golems are underground in the dungeons. There are not too many of them uh, right. out and about. Um, Mara makes a comment on the Eberron War. I think it was called the Last War. The near, the never living versus the living dead. It has a lot of logic to it, actually. Yeah, I mean, and you're not wasting... I'm sure they thought we're not wasting the lives of people in the big war, and then the Warforge gets some sentience or whatever. Um yeah, Cal's adventure sounds awesome. Said he ran it at cons. I bet it was really good. If you come to come to Big Geek Con, that's only his working title. We have that next year. I'd be glad to play it, and I would love to play it actually. Um, anything else before we move on to the last? Um, I think the last segment. Yeah, we've kind of already hit the one D and D. What do you think? I think I'm good with I'm good with uh, how we yeah. where we are at with golems. I like golems as a a, a player. Even though they're so tough, because right. the, because they're so tough, I, I think I like the toughness. I like this. Like I said, I guess it's that that statement from that Reddit guy. You know, they just don't stop. They don't eat. They don't right. breathe. You can't reason with them. You can't bargain with the golem. He's coming. You know, and you better be ready. They would also be good in a like a not just like an underground dungeon. But what if you had like a pyramid type setup? Something like that, a mausoleum, mm-hmm. uh, anything that is a, a structure that's supposed to be, you're supposed to stay away from it. Or even if you have guardians. But a keep, a, a king's keep, you know, a powerful emperor, he has stone golems all, all in his keep guarding several important places. Not right. every single place in the world, but um, yeah, that would be cool. Uh, okay, Kill Ravens, tapping my planescape interest. In my campaign, Trade Gate, which I believe is that lead. No, that doesn't lead to to Mechanus. It's a different place. It's policed by a variety of golems. No diplomacy working to grease those gates. <laughs> so, Trade Gate is a specific uh, gate town. A gate town. Where's it from, Kilraven? I'm blanking right now. That's not the one to Mechanus. Is that to hmm, Limbo? What is it? Anyway, don't tell me. I don't remember. Um, okay, well, we're going to head into uh, a new thing we're doing. Apparently, Randy likes to spring new things on me. I do. Uh, Morningkainen's magnificent mechanics. <laughs> yep. Um, so we're going to talk about various mechanics. Now, when I first looked at this, I thought it was bigger because I wasn't sure about the layout here. But right. I'm still thinking that this could be multiple because this is lots of stuff in here even though okay. it takes up a small amount of space why, in the, why in don't the we outline. just do do you want to go uh tsr era and before dnd tonight just that yeah out? okay yeah. why don't we do that we'll save post second edition to next time or some other some other day because i got right. three or four great ideas for strength. so now i'm going to bring something up ODD ish yeah um because that's the that's chain mail and related booklets right yeah so i'm talking the yeah so we're talking the original three 
plus Greyhawk plus Elvis The stuff we really didn't play much. I've just looked at the big, the big three in the original white box. And now, I'm yeah. going to bring up something that isn't necessarily official, but I sure thought it was back in the day. Right. Um, it was um, in a Dragon magazine mm-hmm. that presented the article as if it was a piece of the the um, the old old D and D. Oh, really? And it was a wizard blade. Do you remember that? Oh, yes. You love that thing. Yeah. You drained uh, an amount of your experience points into a sword, and you essentially had a um, a sword that could cast spells of a particular level wizard. So if you drained enough. So if you worked it so that you were high enough level, you could drain... Um, all of uh, all of your experience points to accept uh, enough to, um, but still maintain your level. So if yeah, you, you had j- level, right? No, you could do. You could in oh. the process of doing this. But I'm oh. saying I didn't as a player. I didn't want to lose the level. Right. So I would wait for wait for a particular mm-hmm. uh, level. I can't remember what it was, mm-hmm. and wait until I had enough experience points to just level, but don't. And then use all those to make the sword, right? Yeah. And then what you can do is make the a ninth level wizard. So so you have to be high level a high level wizard to do this, right? So you could have a ninth level wizard inside of a sword. Oh, that's right. So it'd have all the spell casting capabilities of a ninth level wizard up to fifth level, one level, fifth level spell. That's serious business. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you, I there was a wizard ring that was something similar. I think there was a correct me, people help me out here. I think in original O D and D, the Wizard Blade or some version of that was in Eldritch Wizardry from that, and they were bringing it into A D and D when we read that Dragon magazine. Okay. I believe so. I thought it was in Eldritch Wizardry, but it's but not. It, wasn't. Mm, it okay. was con- it was a Dragon Magazine article that's connected to Eldritch oh, okay. Wizardry. Okay. But not that itself. Yeah. Um other than that, mechanically Mechanically of OD and I was not a big fan. I, nothing. We didn't play it much, but even reading it, nothing. I was like, I have no idea, no desire to really pull anything out of it specific mechanic wise. I think when, when since we played Beck Me first, right when we finally got our hands on this, it all it was all familiar. Mm-hmm. And you see where Beck Me got its root, it got its stuff from the, those supplements. Um, but I don't know that there was anything in there. I didn't really particularly like the hits to kill thing um, because it's very war gaming. Yeah, it was. Structure. It's a historical document to me, though mm-hmm. I do like Swords and Wizardry's take on White Box. There was some fun stuff in there, like the single saving throw. I really, I wanted to mention that, but that's a, that's more of a clone, more of a variant. But right, I like, right, but right. I didn't like. I can say nothing stands out to me mechanically. Uh, Od and D that I would say I liked. Some people uh, like hits to kill. Yeah. Uh, because you know you don't have hit points. Mm-hmm. But. I, don't know. I didn't like everything doing a D six damage. No, right, kind of everything cool. doing the same damage. Yeah. Yeah. I, I they didn't have necessarily the. Um, all the different polyhedrals at that time, no. perhaps, or, or that's just a, also another artifact of the war game thing. Right, could be. I don't know though. I know that uh, they had to make some. They used chits in some of the original boxes, but I don't know if that was O D and D or Beckme. 
So. I don't think we did this. Uh, did you ever play through, uh, ask any, a question asked to Bruce Lombardo. Did you ever play through uh, the third edition rewrite of Morden Kynan's, or more Morden Kynan, Morden Kynan, I don't know how. I think it's Kynan. Uh, Morden Kynan's Adventure in Dungeon. I don't remember that. I have it. I have it back there on my shelf. I'm sure I do. I remember reading it. I've never played it, though. Um, I'm surprised because I was definitely, I remember seeing it. Um, what about Beckman and BX? Now, there we got more rule cyclopedia type stuff. Um, in retrospect, there are some yeah. interesting things. So yeah, at the time we were playing, yeah. you know, it was all new. So Yeah, we're loving every but, bit of it. But the... Um, um, and that's what we're doing. We're trying to look back now and say, what did you like? What the things the you interesting like? thing is... If uh, is this oh, for me that jumped out with spells uh, yes. because of course I like playing wizards so I looked at them and I'm like that changed a lot through additions. Um, I thought they were like, very powerful. They're like sleep, powerful. yeah. There wasn't a saving throw initially, and yeah. I don't know when, what particular um, version of the game, uh, which version of the game that changed to having a saving throw. Was it third? Or was it the um, second and we just didn't notice it? I don't think so. There was no saving throw in sleep, not even in third. It was limited by hit dice. But what about haste? But in BX. Not the not saving throw isn't the biggest part. The biggest thing is it's so many. So you could you could you could uh, target sixteen individuals potentially and there's no saving throw. Yeah. And then and I think the duration of the sleep is a lot longer. Yes. Like turns and turns. Yeah, it's very it's long. I like the fact that this is, I'm putting BX, uh, basic D&D, back uh, me all together here. I like the stat modifiers, especially what we're playing in OSC, BX plus three to minus three. I like the broader range of no modifiers. I think I'm, just for simplicity, I don't think we need to keep some modifiers from getting out of hand. Um, I thought that had a lot of nice things to it. Uh, also liked, uh, what do you think? I like Cure Light Wounds. That slight little adjustment. In the yeah, yeah. Uh, where it can cure paralysis as well. There's all kinds of little bit, little tidbits here and there that they, I think, thought were too powerful. Or I know in third edition, they, they were fans of a spell does one thing. Although that there was plenty of spells that did more than one thing. Like Morton Canyon's Magnificent Mansion does all kinds of stuff. Yes. Now, Bruce is making a comment. I want to bring him because I want your reaction to it. I think you're going to get some argument here a little bit. Um, Bruce says, st- this is a different thing. He's, he still thinks that through the additions and splits, Arcana Unearth Magister is still peak wizard. I think you're going to get agreement. Yeah. And then Pathfinder Wizard, pretty solid. If you don't like the Arcanas from the ACG, which is shit, I disagree. I think the Arcanas is solid. Um. Well, no, I don't think that. Don't you and Patrick both like the Arcanist? The, the Arcanist is kind of a Magister light. Okay. And the the th- the reason that's a good thing is because the magic if you take if you have the entire shebang for Magister, it has too many moving parts. So if you have the spells that have a diminished and a, and a heightened version, which is a version that's one level lower and one level power more powerful. So you met you you memorize a second level spell. That second level spell has a first and a third level version as well that you can cast uh, spontaneously. So 
but they're just slightly different from each other. So when you're sitting down to play, knowing what's so you can have 10 spells memorized, but you really have 30. Right. And right. knowing what all those do is kind of, it's kind of a lot to keep in your head. Yeah. What about uh, domain play? I thought the, I think the emphasis in domain play, that's more me coming. Now, when we first played it, I didn't care for domain play. I didn't want to worry about building up your keep and stuff. You I did. was always a fan. I was drawing castles um, with weird stuff like like a gym. Yeah. In it, which was dumb because I mean, this is when we were teenagers. So. Oh, a, ca- a castle inside of a gym? No, a gym inside of a castle. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, DM James, he makes a good point. If your wizard can't kill someone by forcing them to vomit bees, what are you even doing with your Sweet. I, I heard somebody say that, and I, at first my my first knee-jerk reaction to this was no, but they were saying what they thought was bad about some of the additions of D&D for spells mm-hmm. is that they don't feel very magic. Ah. So if the range of the spell is 10 feet per level, mm-hmm. that's one thing. But if it's one... Um, the nearest, let's say, uh, five paces or something, the nearest tree or <laughs> something that's less um, board game soundy or less war game soundy, you know, five paces or something like that. The first thing you can see, the closest to this, and I, at first I was like, well, maybe not, but I, I get that. And also it would, it would uh, kind of take away the whole targeting issue you wouldn't be fiddling with your um, uh, spell um, what do they call them templates yeah little template things yeah you wouldn't be fiddling with spell templates and saying oh they fit they don't they fit they don't you know like kind of weird. dm james and malachi says this too i know this is one of them now nah, you got to have them have violent diarrhea isn't this coming <laughs> from the, what's that game something Legend of the flame princess Legends oh, of, it oh it might be Shadow of the Demon Lord. Shadow of the Demon Lord. That's what I was thinking. Um, yeah. Uh, but I, I love the... I didn't like Domain, domain Play when we started, but I like it better now. I like the idea of it. What about first and second edition? What things come to mind that you really... Yeah, Shadow of the Demon Lord. Thanks, Malachi. I think um, first and second edition? Yeah. I mean, um, if, if you're done with Beckme. Unless you yeah, have yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's the thing that that's the big thing. Well, the other thing about Beckme is thirty-six levels. Oh, you like that? Yeah. Didn't you also like their weapon mastery rules? Yeah, the weapon mastery rules. Okay, yeah. But it's kind of okay. I also am a fan of simple a simple weapon list. Yes. Right. Sword, bow, mace, or club, something like that. You know, right. broad categories instead of a sword. You know, 10 different swords, and there may be a couple of inches different in size, or, or or maybe even less. And they're all different. They all have slightly different mechanics, um, especially in third edition when you had so many different mechanical oh, things. I know. You know, crit, threat, crit damage, crit threat, um, all the different things. Uh, but in earlier editions, you didn't have that. So it wouldn't be as big of a deal to have lots of different kinds of weapons. But the weapon mastery list changes that to a 
dramatically. Maybe an overcomplicated um, um, thing, but I think you could take that idea and make it simpler, but still have the same thing, you know. And I think you tried that with weapon specialization. Do you think that was trying to be trying to give the fighter a little more a little more teeth? Well, everybody could specialize. Oh, okay. Everybody could. Okay. Yeah. I think it was just another way to make your character um, more interesting. And there's a little power up. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. And, and I think even with basic D&D, this goes with TSR D&D too. And they're all TSR. My point is, even first and second, whatever. I like PC fragility. I'm really a fan of PCs not being, look, I'm third level and I have 80 hit points. Or like my character. I'm a third level cleric and I blasted for 56 hit points. That's a little insane. Yeah. I think... Uh, I have gone back and forth between having PCs that are survivable, yep. where you don't get hit by one little sword blow and then you have to run home and get a Band-Aid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still, I kind of I kind of like the idea of having maybe a kicker bit of hit points at first level. Yeah. But I understand uh, the, why a lot of people in old school like fragile characters, especially first level characters. Yeah. And it, it adds to um, tension in the game. Mm-hmm. And the stakes are a bit higher. And maybe you have to go through a few characters before one sticks. And yeah. that, that's a type that's a play style a lot of people enjoy having. Yeah. I know in first and second edition I and it was older truth it was true in older editions too. I like I like monster immunities. I don't like just damage reduction reduction as much. I don't like in fifth edition where it's like percent damage. Um, in old in third edition it was like plus you know if you didn't you had DR ten evil or whatever. If you weren't using an evilly aligned weapon or you weren't an evilly aligned person with a claw attack, you would you know get ten less damage. It was okay. But I preferred it. I like the old ones. Like these, these guys. Yeah, even if it was like plus three weapons to even hurt them. I like right. it. Because it's like you got to, it's a real challenge. Um, I also like saber suck spells. Yeah. I can't believe I've come around to this, but I miss the, some spells just, sorry, you're screwed. The stakes are higher. Yes. In, in an old school game, the stakes are higher all over the place. So if you have monsters that have that level of immunity, magic weapons to hit. Yeah. You know, not takes five points off each hit. Right. You don't do nothing. You get insane every stinking round. Hmm. Um, Also, what about, I like the, I like TSR's version of stat boosting items. Ah. They were rarer. Granted, they could be big bumps. Like your belts went from, I got a 16 strength fighter, now I've got a 19. I've got a 21. Um, I like that. I like the fact they were hard to come by. And again, first edition, first and second edition. Um, yeah, I like the power of the spells. They were cooler. I mean, sometimes they seem like stone skin in second edition or first edition. That stone skin seemed way OP, but I've heard some cheesy ways to get around it. Um, well, they're definitely cheesy when you if it's if you're talking about the handful of coins. Gosh, yeah, I had a guy do that. Uh, that's stupid. It is stupid. That's not an attack. You, no. throw 12, you throw twenty gold coins at me. That's one attack. That's not it's twenty not, attacks. It's not even an attack. No, not really. It's like yeah. No, I would argue. That's how I'd argue now. You're not attacking him. 
There's someone go going to them. They're like, hey, quit You've it. given them your money. Good job. Yeah. I was going to take that after I killed you from your corpse, but okay. Guess I'll take it now. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Marhawk makes a good point. I think save or suck is why you want to use saving throws. I mean, if you're not saving versus something, what are you doing? You know? Right. So, right. yeah. Um, that was the charm of the early game is high stakes. Yeah. I think that's, that's a good – that's a good – and I think I want to find something in the middle. You, you mentioned that after our experience last week or two weeks ago, last week, when I almost dropped three of you. Yeah, that was a rolling thing. I get it. But I wouldn't mind that kicker you talked about again. But I'm thinking, because my first thought was add their con. That seems too much. Maybe af, ha, add half their con score or give them max hit points plus a double the con score. Oh, <laughs> DM James, I suppose throwing 20s at a stripper is an attack now? Yeah, so this was, I think I told, I thought I told this story. <laughs> I had a, I had Raceland in a really high level second edition game. The players were not supposed to fight him. It's a long Kren slash Planescape game. But anyway, they, these one group of players decided to attack him. And they never got to the adventure. They just argued the whole two and a half hours and they said, let's fight. Actually, they may have done part of No, they didn't do anything. So anyway, and Raceland goes first. I went initiative and I cast, of course, he cast Stone Skin. And he had a, uh, what was it? He had something. How, how could you cast two spells? I don't know. He had a Stone Skin. And then they tried to do something to it and it didn't work. And then he cast Projected Mirror Image. It was a combination, contingency spells. But anyway, they were, getting, they were just getting their asses handed to him. And um, one dude was, the fighter was trying to hit him. And he knew he had Stone Skin. So he goes, I throw a bag of coins because Raceland had something like 20-something stone skins. And so I'm feeling I'm feeling kind of kind of wussy DMish. I'm feeling sorry for him. I said, you know, there's there's a catch to this. I said, okay, you get rid of the stone skins. But he has another chain contingency. Um, and that puts a stone whenever stone skins run out, and I had this written down, I showed him on paper. A stone skin goes on top of that and a fire shield. Immediately, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh wow, Legion of Myth. I watched a guy cussing it out a DM when the DM would, would let him throw a handful, what would or would not rocks at a stone skin caster not count as an attack. This dude spent weeks trying to poach players to his oh wow, uh, that was probably his plan at the beginning. So, yeah, that's kind of weird. It's one thing, yeah, okay. That probably comes from playing with strangers more more than likely. Yeah. Because I know that if I think maybe when we first got together here in Michigan with the crowd and we were going through uh, uh, different people, mm-hmm. it might have been a surprise for some of them because some of them might be used to that tactic working. Uh, and then you would say, no, that's pretty much a stupid thing to do. And I don't, I mean, some people would say, oh, that's so clever. But um, I, well, a, a gold coin hitting you or a sword hitting you. Right. I think there are two different things. Um, Bruce makes an interesting comment. I want to, he says, I like the damage reduction if the players don't have the proper weapons to damage a monster. It's not bad. Let them do something, but it feels a little weak when you give them something for nothing. Oh, you don't have a plus three weapon, then the Meryl will shrug off your attacks and throttle you to death. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't go after a Meryl if you don't have a plus three weapon. But 
I'm with you. Plus three is kind of weird sounding, Bruce. I would probably, I like the idea of like you need a special blessed weapon or you need a special item or adamantine or something. I get it. I mean, if you really want to be rolling through a lot of creatures with DR, I, I didn't, I can't say I hated DR. I just grew to find it a little, eh, a little, a little weak in three, five, to be honest with you. When it went from, at least in third edition, it was like 10, 20, 30, even 40, 40 epic. Yeah. and then in 3.5 it was 5, 10, 15 yeah they, they lowered it for some reason yeah and in 3.5 you could build much more powerful damage monsters I thought it made no sense they should it have ended up not really being that big of a deal no once you get to a certain even a pathfinder it doesn't mean anything it's like a lot of things mm-hmm. it matters at low level mm-hmm. but when you get to higher levels not so much yeah yeah, yeah that's true Bruce. plus I, I get you Plus four weapons are equivalent to adamantium weapons, costly as hell. Sure, sure, sure. I just think that uh, I think it doesn't matter much. If, if the DR is 10-something, who cares? You're a ninth, 10th level fighter. Taking 10 damage off means nothing. You're gonna You'd rather have it than strike, not, but you're going to do bunch. Vital strike, overhand, chop, combo, death. I don't remember all the rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 4,000 D6 plus 10 or something. I don't know. So, I mean, you got to be where I would, I would say minimum damage is 500. Yep. <laughs> or it wasn't 500, but Take it was off a lot. Hand. No, but you like, if you had multiple attacks, my minimum damage is 72. I did three attacks, so they got 10. That's 30 off. But I want me to roll. Uh, no, I don't bother. It's good. <laughs> it's paced. <laughs> yeah. Or you can roll 97 D6 and add 56. Right, right. I so, mean, yeah. It's, yeah. But I, I mean, think it's not- in a game where, in, in the base game, without mm-hmm. all the options, the DR probably worked better. And I think Bruce can run a game. Anybody can run a game that is where it can be challenging. I just know that, uh, especially in Pathfinder, we got pretty, we're playing the high end of things and allowing a lot of free builds for all things. Yeah, it was, um, um, yeah, I agree with Kill Raven, but we're getting into third edition now. Maybe we'll say that for next time he's talking about SR and DR. But uh, yeah, any other, any other mechanics you were fond of in the older games? Um, pre, pre uh, okay. So pre Watsi, even first and second edition, mm-hmm. especially first edition, had unique. Again, it's spells. It's had unique spells that did uh, interesting things that you could use creatively. Starting in third edition, some of that was homogenized, where they were, were trying to do the spell does one thing, and that's it. It doesn't do anything else. When that usually once you got past the low level spells, that wasn't the case. But um, I think um, when you compare spell descriptions, the older spells were it just seemed more interesting. The 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 the, the, low, the farther you get down the line with spell descriptions, they get more bland. Bruce says he's going to be having a. He made the comment that the game he's rewriting, he's rewriting third or Pathfinder. Medium creatures start with their con score hit points plus rolled. Yeah, I consider that's a lot of hit points. I consider that that feels a little too much, but I'm looking forward to seeing it. That doesn't sound too bad. That's Do you get your con bonus on subsequent levels? I think that would work really well, especially if you didn't get your con score at subsequent levels. You get your hit point bump at first level, and then your then your Subsequent levels just add a little bit at a time. Yeah, he says his Marilis are jumping from current 264 hit points to 360 to 400. 
So he's got some pretty, some pretty beefy dudes. He's got that handle. Well done, Bruce. Big hit points. That's the name of the game. Damage, damage, damage. Oh well. Um, yeah, I don't. I, nothing else really comes to mind. Came to mind for me for that era that I just loved those stats. I mean, mechanics. I'm focusing on. There's. We could talk about the feel of the game and stuff, but I think I'm more about the mechanics on that. Right, right, right. Out, really. Um. The early, well, when did the well, the monstrous compendium was an interesting thing that came out in second edition, mm-hmm. and that was a I don't know if it was uh, overall power up for the monsters, but it sure seemed like it. The dragons got a huge power up in second edition. Yeah, just in general, their hit dice went up. I guess that's a mechanic. They had massive hit dice. Um, yeah, I tell you one one I didn't like for second edition. What's that? You know what it is. I can't imagine. What, what could that possibly be, Joe? The freaking damage caps were spelled. <laughs> what? My fireball can't go beyond 10d6. I barely even got fireball. And now I'm already capped. <laughs> you got a five level. Shut up. <laughs> I had to screw the wizard mentality from my point of view. Man, nothing wrong. That's a good... That should be one of our fundamental uh, vision. That should be in our mission and vision statement for Mudsword. Well, I would go to the Dragon Magazine and say, hey, do you have anything for wizards in here? Nope. <laughs> ah, hey, so wizards. Wizards. So magic. But not the, 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 the game is chock full of magic. Anything for the people who wield it? No. Awesome. Great. <laughs> Thanks. Right. <laughs> Thanks for the nothing. Yes. 50 million different kinds of paladins. Dude, Bruce is going on with some sweet stuff. He said, look at this. Bruce said... Uh, in his game, let me find that again. Every plus of a magic weapon does an additional D6 damage. D6, that's not bad for a fighter power-up. Right. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Instead of the bonus damage on the, uh, instead of the plus one, plus two, plus three, it's dice. I always, I, I, I thought of that too as a mechanic. I disagree, Patrick. Patrick says, wizards want the staff, not the shaft. <laughs> that is correct. Mm-hmm. And, um... Yeah, we're not going po- uh, Wizards of the Coast. We're sticking with the old yeah. staff, uh, staff paradigm. Good comments out there, guys. But, uh, yeah. Oh, Bruce did clarify. You do get your con bonus on subsequent levels, but you get your con score at first level. I've heard of that. I think that was something I'd heard before. Some I mean, Dragon Magazine I was reading back in the day. I've heard of that option. It's a popular bump. Mm-hmm. It's quite a bit for Even in BX, if you have a 10 to 12... Con, that's a nice uh, bump. It's a nice bump. So you can stay out there adventuring um, for longer and not get the merest scratch. Well, we talked about how when I was my Monty Hall days, how I how I did the. We wanted to adventure for a long time, so first level fighters would have a uh, hundred hit points. Yeah, <laughs> and I would just give it to them, and first level clerics would have seventy five, first level themes would have fifty, and first level wizards got twenty five. So that's how we played. So we could play longer. We're like, man, you got to die with eight hit points or two hit points. That's stupid. So, but I mean, we had fun. Played a lot, mm-hmm. dude. So, yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't like you guys weren't nervous about stuff. I had plenty of tough monsters. No. Of course, I didn't use the rules very much, so that made them tough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> how much monster, How much damage they do? Whatever I say. Yeah. How, I, didn't, I didn't hear you roll dice. Hold on. I rolled dice for 54 damage. <laughs> 
Wizards staff of infection. Iron Man, that's a good one. Kill Raven, that's a good rule. Important NPCs, monsters, max hit points. I almost always do that. And had scrubs go down with one hit point. Yeah, I would do max hit points or more. <laughs> you never did that scrub thing, though. Yeah, I did. Not really. No. But I like the idea of it. <laughs> but you, you, we didn't do that until uh, we picked. I think that was one thing we borrowed, perhaps from fourth edition, was the. Um, yeah. Was uh, what do they call it? Static hit the minion, the minion, minion guys. Rules. That's not bad. That's a good. That's fun. What, what they didn't call them minions. What do they call them? They were minions in fourth edition. They're called mooks in thirteenth age. Okay, mooks. Okay. Yeah. But I thought we used that that uh, that thing before we played thirteenth age. You Dude, were using that. Mar Hawkman is channeling my mantra from early early D anD D when I was evil. The Hydra ate you, and you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> This is good. Mark continues. It's like saber suck, but more teeth. More teeth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. What you feeling? I'm feeling like we're near the end, bro. Yeah. 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 Remind him to do stuff last minute, though. Yeah. I will do. I will remind. Subscribe if you haven't already, although all of you have because this is a subscribers only chat. So <laughs> if you're out there listening after the fact or watching after the fact, subscribe, hit the thumbs up button. Join uh, us. But like, join, join us. Yes. Join us. Definitely. Um, yeah. Um, like, subscribe, comment. Uh, if you have any, well, we're going to get to that later. But uh, yeah, do all the things that you do on the internet to help out and boost, the, uh, boost your favorite creators, which we are. I, we know we are. Well, Joe's created Big Geek Emporium. I will hopefully join the creators soon with my module. So. Yes, head on over to Big Geek Emporium and check it out. Yeah, baby. We, we, got have, some we, we have some good stuff. Yeah. Good David stuff. Giles is still here. He's got some good stuff. Yes, David Giles on there. Uh, the Red Room. Um, uh, they have a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff on, the, on the Emporium. <laughs> so, yeah. Our man had to look up Stone Skin. It's in that new version, two, second edition. <laughs> he said the new, the new version of D and D. Good baby. That's funny. Yeah. That's the watered down version. No, Stone Skin came out in second edition. I thought it was yeah. in first, but I don't remember. I can't remember. Oh, it might have been um, Unearthed Arcana. I feel like so. in one of the editions it sucked, and the other one was better. So. Because I know Stone Skin's not in the player's handbook for first edition. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's Unearthed Arcana. Yeah, that sounds right. If it's first, if it's there, I know it's in second. Yeah. All right. Okay, dude. Well, if anything else that you, if you don't have anything else, nope. Okay, I'm going to set uh, something up here so I don't get distracted. I keep, uh, I'm wanting this to be a smooth transition out. Um, where are we at? There we are. All right. I'm just making sure I have everything where I can see it. All right. Thanks, DM James. It was a sweet little kiss. Gotta like that. Oh. <laughs> no homo. <laughs> oh, come on, Joe. It's not Cabin Con yet. You know, it's yeah. not Cabin Con. You don't have, have to be like homo. that, though. Do you have to be like that? Yes. I do. <laughs> if you would like to support our show, please like, subscribe, and share us where you are listening or viewing the show. Uh, we are out there on the socials everywhere. Even Twitter, even though they tried to stop my signal. You I can't like, stop the Joseph. 
So we are out there on the socials, Facebook and Twitter and MeWe. I think that's um that's um Max's favorite social media platform. MeWe. <laughs> so um, if you'd like to provide us with material support, you can head on over to PayPal. PayPal.me forward slash Biggest Geekus. So you could uh, reward us on Streamlabs with a tip. Uh, streamlabs.com slash biggestgeekus one slash tip. Um, we are still on Anchor for now, so you can head on over to anchor.fm forward slash biggestgeekus and throw us uh, um, some support there. Uh, if not, that's cool. Do all the uh, sharing and subscribing and get your friends uh, to, to get their eyeballs on us. That's fine. Or you can contribute a uh, um, some of your um, uh, uh, role-playing game works over at Big Geek Emporium, or you can head over there and buy some. All of that is good. All available to you. Um, so there, there's that. Big Geek Emporium is one of our websites. Biggestgeekistpodcast.com is another one that is uh, fallen into a bit of disuse, but it's still there. Mm-hmm. Um, and our email, if you want to send us any questions or comments, uh, suggestions, the aforementioned suggestion about some old school modules or adventures that have a nostalgic feel to them, a, in a unique experience, not unlike... Um, um, Lost Cavities of Sojanth and the ones we were mentioning earlier in the show. And you can send those over to the geeks at biggestgeekestpodcast.com. So, you have anything else to say, Mr. Randy? No, what's our subscriber count? When's our next big uh, giveaway? I got stuff I need to get rid of. Should I make something up? Yeah, just make something up. I was trying to get us to 500, but we got 290 to go. If uh, the folks out there want to help us get there, they can, you know, force, you know, uh, hypnotize, um, uh, kidnap, uh, do all the things that, no, don't do that. Um, Okay. Yeah, (laughs) just, you know, just be friendly to your friends and get them to watch us. Yeah. Get us up to 500. We're going to try to do uh, uh, a good job here on the show, and hopefully we can drive our numbers up. But, Thanks, guys. Uh, it's great tonight. Five hundred is a long way off, so you're going to have to just do the giveaway. Some excuse. Give bring stuff. up your own excuse. Don't you want my stuff? Come watch and subscribe. It's yeah. uh, Randy wants to give his stuff giveaway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Not a bro. All right. This is Joe, and I'm Randy. And remember, if you can't be big like us, then be geeks like us.